with the master of disguise. How do you start a podcast about Master of Disguise? I literally don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Just leave hey, that. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, that's it. Okay, great. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. It's a season finale, and you know what that means. Bring it in. It's dog shit. It's uh, Master <laughs> of Disguise. <laughs> All of the SNL alumni from the 90s crowd into the room to wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. Um... This movie oh. sucks. Oh, it's um, bad. Yeah, like easily the nicest thing I can say about this film. It is only about 70 minutes of actual movie. <laughs> not <laughs> that even. I had to suffer through. Not even. Yeah, uh, yeah it's real yeah. short. So like, <laughs> I think there's something that'll really set the scene here too. I have a question for the yeah. both of you. Mm-hmm. How old was Dana Carvey when this film was made? Like, oh my god. 38. 40. I'm going to say 42. 47. Ooh. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Right. Damn, I thought I was I thought I was overshooting maybe, but no. Nope. Okay. Yeah. I he was, was like, born in 1955. Like... And Jesus this came out in 2002. Older than my parents. I was thinking like cuz he was in Wayne's World and he had to have been in like late 20s early 30s then and that was what in the Eight, yeah, because this was a 2001 yep. movie. Yep, 2002. Oh yeah, 2002 even. Uh, yeah, so this right, was more sense why we're, why we're so we'll get to. horrified <laughs> about him being 47 when we get into the movie. Every time but. we describe Pistachio as a person, <laughs> try to imagine a 47-year-old man pretending to be this guy. <laughs> pretending to be like a simpleton 20-year-old. Right? Oh my god. At best. Yeah. Yeah, like it. I felt like he was already out of place in this role. Like, for the wildest thing to me is that like Dana Carvey fits in none of this movie ever. No. Like he, <laughs> it, nope. It feels like they brought him in as a joke because he was the wrongest possible cast for this. <laughs> and then I heard later he was the person who pitched the film. He wrote which, the movie. I feel that like any other of Adam Sandler's stable friends could have done a better job than Dana Carvey did in this movie. Hell, that's Bob what Schneider. I mean, dude. That's yeah. right, but that's fucking mean. The fact that it's just like, yeah, you know what? Rob Schneider would have landed this shit. Kevin James would have made me laugh. At least he would have fucking fallen in a cake. <laughs> Yep. You know what? Rob Schneider would actually have been a better fit for this role than than, than Dana Carvey. Carvey. He yeah. like yeah. does not have the energy no. that this role is clearly going for, despite yeah. the fact that he is the lead writer of this movie. They have him play as like a rad party dude multiple times, and I'm sorry, Dana Carvey. There's nothing you could do to make me believe you in that. <laughs> like, you're just not that guy. I'm sorry. Like, as someone who occasionally is that guy, you're never that guy, Dana Carvey. I'm sorry. <sighs> well, shall we begin? 
take it from the start of the film. I, I, really yeah. I just want to start. say before uh, we start, <laughs> to put you in a frame of mind of like how bad this film is. I watched it with some friends on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, I woke up, and like when I'm still in bed here, like I'm kind of thinking of like what the, what do I need to do for the day? Like what are my things? Like I got to get ready for anime night. I got to get some tax forms done. I got to go to the grocery store. I got to watch Master of the Sky. Didn't I watch Master of the Sky? And I sat there <laughs> seriously for like five, ten seconds, like doubting my own memory on whether or not like I had actually seen this movie. So um, I'm glad this movie hit you with what I refer to as the Thor effect, which is where. <laughs> I saw the entire film Thor uh, after a really hard day of work. Uh, this was back in college. And yeah, my roommate Nick was just like, yeah, I'm just going to watch Thor. Do you want to? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And uh, sat down, watched the entire film. And the next day, uh, asked Nick, oh, yeah, by the way, how was Thor? He was like, you watched it, man. <laughs> I was like, what? I, like, I only remembered a singular scene of the whole movie That's where he smashes a cup on the ground and yells, another, and that was it. And this movie has that exact same yes. energy, except like Thor was at least like an inoffensive popcorn film. This is dog shit. Like yep. often racist and sexist dog shit, too. Yep. I cannot overstate. Oh, yeehaw. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks, movie, for giving me an existential crisis this morning. I, I love you for it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Rickers and I watched it twice. Um, we actually watched it a week and a half ago uh, in HD on, on Hulu. We signed up for the seven-day free trial of Stars add-on on Hulu so we could watch Master of the Skies, and that was it. I made a, Would you made say a it was worth earlier. it? Was it a, worth the sign-up process? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. I made a joke earlier in, in the uh, private channel we have. Is like you have to wonder about the metrics guys that like are watching these free signups and how they convert to real money. That someone signed up, watched Master of the Skies, and never paid the money. No, are we like in a SQL database somewhere with like a marker on it? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if like it. I, it would be incredible if that got read by someone higher up. And the first thing they think is, well, we got to get Master of Disguise off here. It got someone just running away. They watched it and just left. So, yeah, we watched it. And then and then we didn't record because Ty didn't want to watch Master of Disguise on his birthday, which fair because it's awful. It's terrible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we watched it again yesterday because we, we'd already forgotten most Everything of Everything in the film. To be honest. So... Uh, I took notes on the first half, and uh, Vicks took notes the second half. That's how we split it. I was so going to wanna... say, there's 190 lines of notes, which is about 100 too many lines of notes it's, for this movie. So many. We did actually, like, taking notes for this film was, like, weird, because there's not much of a plot. Nothing is happening. Yeah, nothing goes on, at but any things point. happen, and you have to remember those things to yell at them. Yeah, it's it was just I was writing in like a fever dream, like all of this happening, and it's like, oh my god, why is there so much not happening and yet happening at the same time? It's like a it's like a rambling void. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing going on. It's I'm just like most so podcasts. angry, and I need to write about this. <laughs> but what am I even writing about? Like that's that's the level oh, of that's... taking notes on this movie. Yeah. So I mean the very first thing we got blindsided by in the opening credit scene, it was this is a Happy Madison production. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I did not actually realize No, we didn't know this, no. <laughs> we didn't either. Yeah, yeah if there's a no. film that was made between the years of like nineteen ninety five and I'm gonna say around twenty twelve, twenty fifteen, and it has an SNL person in it, it was probably made by Happy Madison. Yeah. Adam I Sandler didn't even realize films for anyone during that time. Yep. 
And it is like, this is a, th- we, we timed it, it's three minute opening credit scene. Uh, it's, it's so lazy, it goes over like some candles, and there's this, this Illuminati eye book that opens up with terrible I'm glad you brought up the Illuminati, because I, uh, I feel yeah. that this is a uh, front by the Illuminati in order to discredit the Illuminati <laughs> and throw people off the yeah, trail of yeah, the Illuminati. Make them seem incompetent. Yes. So I do want everyone to know, when the Happy Madison Productions logo came on, I was watching this alone by myself in my apartment, and I started applauding like a moron, because I was so excited, because <laughs> I, I didn't realize... That I was just like, yes, yes, fuck me up. Like, I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be bad. I didn't know it was going to be bad. And then, oh, my God. The opening song at one point goes, this has got to be fun. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, the song no. has to reassure you. Oh, no. Because the, the opening, it's one of those, like, old-fashioned, like, like flip comedy books. You have the three segments, the mix and match ones. So you make jokes by having an elephant head on an astronaut's body or whatever, and it's just like the names going alongside these not very funny flip books. Imagine if you had a movie and you wanted to endear people to that movie, and instead of introducing any characters or doing any jokes related to anything, you were just like, well, we got like three minutes of jokes right here we could do. Why don't we just throw them in? I I would consider this to be sub ball in a cup levels of entertainment for the <laughs> yeah. record. Yes. <laughs> and then of course on the screen came up executive producer Adam Sandler and I was yeah. just like, yes. "Oh no." <laughs> oh no. All right. So then after that, it goes to yet another uh, Illuminati eye golden clock and then we have this like Star Warsy narration text. Uh, he talks about how there was this magic family who protected the world from evil. I don't even remember the entire spiel because it was just very generic. They're the disguises. They do disguises. I don't think he even, even said that, to be honest. I think Maybe. he's very vague about being a magical family doing magical shit. Probably. I've already forgotten. But basically, they allegedly protect treasures. So they're like Lupin the Third, but boring, is, yes. is what the idea is. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, we. Cut to Italy, um, 1979, um, and it's this very obvious set. This movie has some of the settiest sets that I have ever seen. This is sub-community theater shit. It's just... The outside set in particular, when we get to that scene, is just like... It's one street that they've constantly reused over and over from different angles on a soundstage someplace in Southern California. Was this like... Was this like right on the verge of HD for the record? Like it was just like a little after. Okay, that makes more sense because it feels like they filmed it in HD clearly. Like it's clearly in HD quality. But the sets were designed by someone who's only worked in SD. Because like so much of this, yeah, it just blatantly reads as a set between like the lighting, like some of the paint jobs that are done on stuff. The fake ass storefronts. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. It's, it's rough. Yeah. It's really rough. Like I had to think god did did the age of CG ruin me this badly towards like <laughs> you know was this just what movies looked like in 20 in 2000? No. It looks like shit. It it looks so bad. Anyway, anyway. we're in Italy and there're these 70s looking mafia fuckers chasing uh Bo Derek. Bo Derek. Bo Derek mm-hmm. uh who's running away. Remember Bo Derek kids? <laughs> No, I you do. don't. I don't. I'm like, who's this lady? It's a lady, anyway. Yeah. She's running away, and then it's freeze frame, and the man from the narration says, this is my son. And you're like, all right. 
So she, funny she, joke. Funny joke. She like jumps off the balcony, uses like. Okay, yeah, for the record, this movie tries to play, like, someone being in a disguise as a joke, like, a bunch of times, but yes. it's like, motherfucker, the name of the movie is Master of Disguise, we know. Like, <laughs> like jokes require some element of surprise, generally speaking, no. in some way, shape, or form to work, but the movie's called Master of Disguise, like, we know, man! <laughs> and you just I'm... literally freeze-framed and said, this is my son, like, okay, now we know, thank you. As an aside, like a lot of the, t- there are several times in this movie where he disguises himself as a woman, and like every single time they play it up as weird, and it's like, yep. again, this is your disguise. That's the whole point of the movie. Yep. Why is this? Yeah. If, if this was a sitcom, the laugh track would be going ooh every single time. <laughs> yeah, especially one later on. Yeah, she, she jumps off the balcony running away, and like she opens up her outfit, and it's like this flying squirrel gliding out when she it looks glides down to freedom. Uh, there's like a, I don't think it's a Volkswagen Beetle, but it looks like a Volkswagen Beetle, and she just piles into it, and they like, drive off. <laughs> yeah. That's the opening scene. All right. Then, like, it should, she's, it she's should be like, noted that in the was ba- close, and she peels off her face to reveal a uh, man with a porn tash. Yeah, it should be noted that she was being chased by the mafia goons, and there's a guy in the background who uh, will show up later. He's like the yes, mafia boss. Yeah, he's got like a dude. beard in this, and, and like longer hair. He's, also, but... he's yelling a bunch of times, like "That's not Bo Derek. That woman isn't Bo Derek." Like, so yeah. he clearly. I just mentioned this because he shows up later. So yes, he, yeah, he yeah, is yeah, the main villain of the film. There's, yeah, the bad guys there yelling at them, and yeah, so yeah, like she reveals, oh, it's dude. All right, all right. By the way, um, this get used to this shot of people in the back of a car <laughs> because it is one car, and basically every celebrity cameo probably happened on the exact same day in this one car with a green screen behind them. Yeah, <laughs> it's so yeah. bad. Uh, also, like also this... specifically them pulling off the disguise, yeah. yes. which always looks like they're just pulling. It looks like they're, like, unfolding a basic CG mesh model of a person in, like, the most fake and gross-looking way. Like, it's embarrassingly bad. Yeah, remember how, like, the Terminator 2 scene looked really awesome? Yeah, like, remember (laughs) the Terminator... Mario Bros was, like, 20 years before this! (laughs) (laughs) Fuck! It really is! It looks like the Terminator 2 scene, like, where his face changes shape. And that looked, like, pretty decent back in 92. This looks worse in, like, 20... Or 2000... Way, way worse. You can also see the the cuts. Like, they really don't do a good job of disguising the cut between, like, the original person, Bo Derek, and then him, like, pulling off a fake CGI version of that person. You, you, the, the, oh God, it really is, like, sometimes. It's unsettling. Yeah, it really is hard cut. And they tried to put it together, and it's like, no, you can actually, the person moves. There's also a great moment uh, in this thing. So in this particular shot, it's cut off halfway between the back seat, and the narrator talks to him, like, presumably from the other side of the seat, but he never shows up because they very clearly never had, uh, fuck, I already forgot, James Gold, like, on the day that they were recording all these scenes. So they just had him do a voiceover <laughs> and had James Brolin talk to him as if he was in the seat next to him. And it's really fucking bad. Oh, He's busy. it's so bad. <laughs> okay, so, so Bo Derek is now this dude. 
And the narrator man is like, oh, you need to tell your, your son. And he's like, no, I will never tell my son of his true destiny. Destiny. Yeah, basically destiny, says, like, destiny. this isn't a life for my boy. Which, like, I don't know, seems pretty kick-ass. Like, uh, I mean, maybe not your son, because your son is unfortunately Dana Carvey and 50 and a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it is like the thing about it does the destiny echo to then like transition to mo- you know modern day twenty years later. It bothers me so much. It's so half-fisted, just like destiny, destiny, destiny. I mean, they weren't really going oh. anywhere with this plot, so no. Anyway, yeah. So now, oh god, I wrote we're a bad Italian accent hour. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to welcome to why is Dana Carvey in this role? Part one of eighty seven, a post thread. Why why did Dana Carvey like write so many voices he had to do for himself when he's bad at all of them? (laughs) It's incredible. I wish I had the confidence. The Italian accents, which are like the backbone of the imitation in this film are so bad. They're terrible. Oh, I am Fabrizio. I am doing an Italian accent. The Italian accent's always funny, though. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you would think that. I genuinely do think that. And yet, <laughs> I hated all of the Italian accents in this film. They made me cry. They're yes. just so like, bad. Uh, uh, like, Italian Elon Musk is maybe the funniest Twitter <laughs> yes, account that's ever happened. Absolutely. But none of them are funny in this movie. Yeah. No. Yeah, absolutely. So now uh, we see the the dad outside the door. He's all, his his hair is now gray, so he's older now. He looks exactly the same, but his hair <laughs> is a little gray. He's exactly the same, except instead of black hair, he has gray hair. Uh, and he's like, That's "Oh, you movie shorthand." Uh, <laughs> he knocks the door. It's like you better not have underwear on your head. And he opens the door, and it's Dana Carvey with underwear on his head, with a shaving cream beard. So yeah, this is the level of comedy you're going to expect for the next 65 minutes. And then so. his dad's like, why do you have a shaving cream beard? And then he like kisses him on the cheek and that gets shaving cream all over dad's beard. Well, and that's the whole joke. That's a bit later. But like, yeah, and it's just like... Oh, again, shit. Like, all this the flashbacks is, happen this here. Is, yeah, all the flashbacks happen here. But yeah, this is Dana Carvey, 47, pretending to be 20, max. Like, like you, you can't have a forty-seven-year-old man doing the wacky under underpants on the head. He's too old. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so his dad's like, this kid's always been strange. We get some flashbacks to him being a really weird kid. He's like m- mimicking people. So people think he's mocking them. Uh, he's like mimicking the chem teacher. So he then blows off like his eyebrows and he's. Like hair. And by the way, that explosion they just wanted to have physical, kid. quote unquote, comedy here. Yes. So they have a kid make a mistake and it blows up, and it's just, yeah, it's it's really bad. It's not even funny. Child actors are almost never funny, but nope. this is an extremely not funny no. scene for a not funny child actor. <laughs> yeah, God, I have him getting bullied in like gym class because he's pretending to be all muscly and. And stuff. Now, the next line I wrote, good pop, and I don't know why I wrote that. I assume the dog just... The dog, definitely. Oh, I think the dog shows up and steals a meatball. The dog, whose name is The Cuteness. The Cuteness, and they always call him The Cuteness. And I just wrote, cute dog, and I was like, why Okay, I assume dog showed up. That dog is a Jimmy Eat World track. (laughs) I think, like, your brain was just grasping for anything to compliment this movie on, and so cute dog. Already, and we're five minutes in. 
Anyway. Oh, so yeah, we, we finally go back to Dad and him, and the dad's like, a young lady is here to see you, and he, he's like, oh, I must go, and he kisses Dad and she can leave the shading weird cream, and he runs out with his dreadful accent. He goes downstairs and he meets his mom, who I, I think is supposed to be like Irish, maybe? There's this weird setup that literally never pays off where his mom talks about, like, I'll give you corned beef ravioli, and every so often she sort of, like, slips into an Irish accent, but only for, like, half a line. She's gonna make him corned beef ravioli. It makes no sense, and it doesn't pay off. It's okay. Her, the mother's not in this movie at all. So. No. No. <laughs> This was the day they had her on the set, yes. This was also the moment where it was like, his name is really Pistachio. Like, really? But they went with Pistachio Disguisey as the main character's name. Yep. Um, it's also worth noting that here the narrator's like, he liked women that were like his mother, and then it does a shot of her and like basically zooms in on no, no, her no, ass. No, 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 that's later. We're not at that yet. How are we not at that? That's the next thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, next is, no, be, we have to yeah, meet the lady after, first. It's after he talks to the girl. We have yeah, to yeah, meet yeah. the lady Listen, first. Listen, we'll, we'll allocate a generous amount of time to delving into his Oedipus complex. So. Yes. <laughs> but no, no, he goes, he actually meets mom, he goes outside to see the lady who can't see him, and this is very 70s lady. She has... Big ass hair, like very colorful, like print outfit, very Brooklyn. Um, and like he's like, Oh, is Sophia? How do you think yeah, I think Sophia. Oh, Sophia. And she like basically rejects him pretty soundly and then uh, walks away. And this is where it's like, Yeah, her, you, you get a shot of her ass in this red skirt and it's just gigantic, swaying, and it so- knocks over their sign. Is this the scene where she comes to tell him face to face that she doesn't like him and then walks yes. away? Yes. I, why was this scene here? <laughs> to show that he's unlucky with the ladies and also that he likes asses. He like he really yes, likes asses. We have to- he loves asses. He, yeah. Like at the end of this, he does explicitly say he's like, yeah. Oh, some reason she reminded me of my mama. Hey. And, and then, then it shows uh, it cuts the ass. To yeah. The big ass. And it's just like well, all right, Dana. Didn't really need to know that. Thanks, pal. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it comes up a lot, including yeah. <laughs> in a cutscene in the credits. Can't wait yes. to talk about it. Yes, we're definitely going to talk about that. Get ready yeah. for like the most uncomfortable PG-rated joke that you have ever had come up fifty times in your movie. <laughs> I mean, okay, the, the next scene's great though because right after Ash Lady walks away, she's not going to yes. sign. A skateboarding kid comes along and he like trips and like falls over the sign and just. Smacks the pavement, eats shit. This kid has like two scenes in this movie. In both scenes, he eats shit, and he's the only funny character in this movie. It's the Probably only time the I laugh in this entire movie is during the second instance of yeah. this kid eating shit. I didn't well, even laugh. It's funny because <laughs> they never portray the kid as like anything but just like this sweet, innocent kid who mm-hmm. like no harm should befall because he's just like a nice little kid. Yep. And so every time he shows up, this nice little kid just eats shit, and everyone just acts like they're just like. Poor kid. <laughs> like, it's just funny I, every time. I will oh, say man. this is the closest I came to laughing, but I I didn't actually laugh a single time during this film, which makes it worse than both Grown Ups One and Two, which I laughed 
once or twice during Grown Up Ones those. had like a joke or two. So. Yes. Yeah. Summertime. Yes. Summertime. Yes. Summertime. 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 In both of those and films. And this movie doesn't hit that bar. I didn't laugh a single time during this film. It was it was a miserable experience. This this was the closest I got was skateboarding kid eating shit right on right on the pavement. And now... But then it ruins it, because Pistachio goes over to talk to this kid, and is like, oh no, kid ate shit. A guy from, like, I don't know if we ever see him again, but a guy is just like, hey, why don't you cheer up the kid by doing one of your impressions? Yeah, it was like a guy from a restaurant nearby or whatever. Basically off camera. (laughs) So he starts, he's like, I'm going to do lines from the hit movie Shrek. And then he just imitates a couple of lines. Like five or six different scenes from Shrek. From Shrek and, specifically like Shrek and Donkey. Like, My question is, do you think they cleared this with DreamWorks? I have no idea. <laughs> or do you think they just called up like Mike Myers and like, hey, can we do your lines? And he's like, don't call me again. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I gotta say, I think this is the exact moment in the movie that broke me. And I know we're like 10 minutes in. <laughs> But when when yeah. he goes, when, and it's, yeah. she isn't kidding when she says that he literally says, I will now recite some impressions from the motion picture Shrek. <laughs> like, yeah. and then he does three or four different scenes. Like, I'm making waffles. I, I think what also makes yeah. this is the kid looks so completely unimpressed. <laughs> the kid is perplexed. Yeah, the kid's like, what the fuck yeah. is this guy doing? So and I'm like, that's me. I, I, I that's me right there. Once again... Vicious and cruel, Kuvo, that you would say the man who created the love guru was extremely above this, but also <laughs> accurate and correct, because holy shit. Yeah, I mean, like, you can make fun of Mike Myers from doing the love guru, but he did do like the original Austin Powers, which is a legitimately decent movie, so great, he's hitting far film, above yeah. Dana Carvey here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Austin Powers came out long after Wayne's World, and Wayne's World was basically the last time Dana Carvey was like anything. But look, I want to be yeah. honest, I've never heard of Dana Carvey. Before that's fair. Like these past two weeks, yeah. it's a, never heard. That's, of that. SNL's a weird American thing, so that's <laughs> yes. understandable. Yeah. So anyway, uh, this kid starts talking about his tragic story, how he doesn't have a dad. He <laughs> just a launches dog. into it. I don't have a dad, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I've never had a dog or a dad. So so very sad. So Pistachio was like, "I will let you play with my dog, the cuteness." And then I, okay, so I have to say that when we watched this the second time, I was like, "Oh, right, this dog is Pistachio's." Because after this scene, we never see the dog except with the kid. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, so that's really I, weird. <laughs> I thought I had like thought the dog was the kid's until we rewatched this, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's Pistachio's dog." <laughs> Also, I gotta give shout outs in your notes for using the word arrivederci as a verb. <laughs> when, he does, when he leaves, he's like, arrivederci. <laughs> it's a very specific I, way I, of leaving. Yeah, I want us to clip some of this and send it to my friend Andy, who <laughs> will die at this level of mispronunciation of Italian. <laughs> Ooh, baby. I thought he only spoke Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be amazed at the things Andy can do. <laughs> So yes, after uh, Pistachio Arrivederci, he, we are back in the Italian restaurant. He's being a waiter. He's carrying like six plates and he's like, ooh, and all over the place and getting Yeah, the they're doing the gag and... where like he's about to fall like multiple times, but he saves it every single time. And then, well. Well, 
Oh yeah, then another a jock waiter. This yes, is this is an extremely jock waiter. <laughs> this it's is like fucking Chet Chet Hunkstone. No, 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 no. I, have to be, I have to be explicitly clear. This is Jay Johnston, who has been in the news recently um, for I don't know storming the Capitol. <laughs> oh, Wait, seriously? Yes. Jay Johnston. Uh, he's a comedic actor. He was probably most famous. He has a bunch of bit roles and stuff. He's probably most famous on Mr. Show. But um, yeah. Oh, man. Funny, funny enough, like the FBI was like, "Do you know who this man is?" And someone on Twitter was like, "Oh, that looks like Jay Johnson, Mr. Show." And he's like, "Oh shit, that is him." Oh, so anyway, Jay Johnson is like, "Use a tray, fucking asshole," and then like, Prisash is like, "Ah, you are new and pathetic." So you know, Jock trips him and he spills spaghetti all over customers. At which point, I'm like. Well, he's fired. He right. just tripped the owner's son. He's super fired right now. How many levels of fired does it take to get tripped the owner's son into a bunch of guests and spilled spaghetti all oh, over Oh, and them? then laugh menacingly after Oh, right, he does do that. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's about five different levels of fired right now. So yeah, Pistachio is like, Oh, trying to clean it up, but I can't. So he just starts grating cheese on these customers sitting there and with spaghetti. And Dana just ruins this scene. Like, yeah. there yes. is comedy to be had in a table full of people just sitting perfectly still as statues covered in spaghetti and a meatball. There's a lot of jokes you could have to make that work. But he just, like, runs up holding a tiny cloth and, like, gets up in their face and starts oh. wiping the glasses and being like, Oh, get off of the gooey sauce. And, and it's he- just, like, so not funny. It's insufferable. He's fucking insufferable in this whole fucking movie. Yeah. There's so many set. I'm sorry for cussing so much, but this guy <laughs> is you know, really busting my chops. The funniest, the, the funniest, the saddest thing, I think, about the scene is the fact <laughs> that they stole this from SNL. There was a skit in SNL where uh, I think it was Adam Sandler uh, who was in an Italian restaurant who liked to put uh, pepper, ground pepper, on like different dishes. And like it became more absurd as he tried to put it on like moose and stuff like oh, that. Oh, right. The pepper guy because yeah. all of Adam Sandler's characters this were the guy. This skit gave me like the flashbacks of that. Like he stole that. Yeah. Guess he stole it from himself. Basically. Well, he stole it from Sandler who executive produced. So he probably got the yeah. go ahead because Sandler probably thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yo, remember that time you reminded me of me? I love that shit. But I think, again, this whole thing is, like, when you know he's 47 and you're watching him and you're, like... He can't sell this at all. He's supposed to be, like, a doofy, like, 20-year-old, you know, like, teenager. Like, you can't sell this with someone older than me. He is too old and he is too tired to do this kind of joke. But I mean, suddenly yeah. we cut. Uh, and now we're at another, now we're another table. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this is my favorite scene. Would you mind? Would Go you ahead. mind if Go I? Ahead. I'm going Go to ahead. attempt. Okay, I'm going to attempt to cut this in because I hope this works correctly. But also, this scene is like legitimately very funny to me because it is. One of the best, like, foghorn, leghorn ass (laughs) cartoon Texan deliveries. And it's so absurd and it's so out of nowhere that it's like the level of, uh, who is it who did uh, Cowboy and the Frenchman? Was that uh, David Lynch? Oh, yes, that was David Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that level of absurdity in the comedy. Uh, And part of it is because he delivers these lines that are just. Mwah, perfecto. <laughs> let me let me try and play you a clip. I'll just take the spaghetti. 
And do me a favor, buddy. Get me some man-sized meatballs. <laughs> Am I going too fast for you? <laughs> and it's just like now, so son, good. They took the prosciutto <laughs> up to eleven. <laughs> I, I did so make sure I write meatballs in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> but then they ruin it because yeah. then just because of course we they mentioned early on that pistachio like can't help himself from like imitating people and like He's doing their voices. So he starts imitating. He's like, man-sized meatballs. And, of course, this couple gets mad because he's clearly mocking them. So Dad comes over, and at first he's like, pistachio, stop stop mocking, mocking the customers. But then the, the Texan dude gets angrier, so Dad starts yelling at him, like, get out of my restaurant. How dare you yell at my son? It's like, okay, you just you ruined, like, you ruined something funny. Because Dana Carvey does not have the chops to imitate this large Texan man. No. Like, the thing is, you have... It, the premise is he feels the need to imitate this guy because he's, like, chewing the scenery so much and, like, so much fun to watch. Yep. So they put this guy in front of you who's having a great time and delivers this beautiful man-sized <laughs> meatballs. Like, just kills it. <laughs> And then you have Dana Carvey, who's just yeah, like a little like a little chipmunk of a guy, just yep. being like, "Oh man, these meatballs!" It, it just doesn't like, work. There is there is maybe one or two impressions in this film that like they're not funny in this film, but at least he's giving it some energy. Basically, everything else is just nothing. God, I, I mean that goes back to the beginning. He just doesn't have the energy required for this role. No. Yep. No, he's too old, and he's not the right person at all. Anyway, uh, so they, they go away from the couple, and Pistachio's like, oh no, it's getting worse, or I've got too many voices in my head, and maybe I'm, like, uh, not fulfilling my destiny, and Dad's like, no, your destiny's right here in this restaurant. And then I don't remember why there's a Papa Don't Preach reference, but apparently he, there's a Papa Don't Preach reference. He just literally says, Papa Don't Preach, and then like a bunch of lines from the song and basically stares directly at the camera and that scene ends. Is that actually just the Yeah, reference? literally, okay. he, they're like talking about it and he's like, you know, basically he's responding with like, oh, you don't need to tell me, Dad. And he just goes, well, Papa Don't Preach. And then, yeah, literally four, three or four lines of the song. And then the dad turns to him and goes, what? And he turns back and goes, what? And that's the scene. That's the joke. Is he's an idiot? Yep. I guess. I yep. don't. Oh. God, it's just like there. There's so many references and references in place of jokes. Yep. I didn't realize how early that started. <laughs> yep. As an aside, when did Family Guy start go on the air? Ooh. Before fair. this. Yeah. Yeah, that I'm, makes sense. Okay, I'm pretty yeah. sure Family Guy was like either late '90s or like 2000 almost. Family Guy has just been forever, right? Yeah, so it was cancelled for a bunch of years, which sort of helps. <laughs> anyway. 1999. Yeah, there we go. I was pretty sure it was basically Turn of yeah, the Millennium. I felt like this is where like the turning point for that started to happen. But... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. references as jokes is, is this film in a nutshell. Uh, so anyway, we're later that night, and he comes across uh, Sophia uh, making out with the bully waiter from earlier and he's just uh, being a weirdo at them and she's like get lost and they yeah, start like making out again for him in the first place so right 
Yeah. He's like being so weird. He calls her like. This love movie is really weird to women. Like it's so weird. <laughs> really, really weird, especially when this is a fucking kids movie. Yeah, like I don't think there's a woman in this movie who is not treated as a prop, joke, or object. Like that's often it. Often all Those three. Are the three. Off, and, yeah, often all three. Yeah. It, and like this is the point where I wrote the pacing is frantic because we're we're only like 15 minutes in, by the way, and all of this has happened. Nothing has actually. Yeah, nothing happened. has happened till this point, and this is where they say, "Oh shit, we need to get the plot started." Yeah. Well, no montages have happened yet either. The <laughs> montages both kill time yeah. and progress the story? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> but yeah, like, all, the only thing story-wise that's happened is we saw Dad be a master of disguise and Dad was like, I'm not going to let my son be one. That's that's it. And, but like, this painting is so frantic. Like, it just, it's hard joke to, to joke to joke to joke, joke but none of them scene. land Cut to the next scene. Cut to the next scene. So we're cut to the scene where Dad's pe- taking out pizza boxes and he's suddenly accosted by mafiosos. And then we cut to Mom in the restaurant being kidnapped. And then we cut to Pistachio and he's calling the police. Pistachio, hold, hold, call. hold on, hold on. We can't skip this. Before, <laughs> when he was watching his father get kidnapped by mafiosos, he was on the roof of the restaurant for some reason. Yes. Yeah, he watched I, it I happen from the roof. Yeah. No, I don't know. Just there was no reason. I think because he just wandered up there on the set. Basically. Yeah, he also starts praying on a cannoli. He he's like uh the police he's calling the police. He's like, Mr. Cannoli, tell them about it, and he holds a cannoli up to the phone, well, and this is supposed to yeah, be funny. He's like such a moron. He's just like he's like, ah, they took my mama and papa, but they didn't take my mama cannoli. And then he like holds it up to the phone and like, he's like, Listen to the cannoli, and the cops are like, fuck off, man. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. when he says like, his name, they give up. It was pistachio, and they just, yeah, they're like, this is a prank call. And then he starts praying on the cannoli, and then it cuts to a shot taken, like, from the exorcist of, like... A guy stepping out of a taxi. Yeah, with, like, you know, the dark black and white with the lamppost and the trench coat and the hat, and it has the theme from the exorcist playing. And then they realized that they didn't do a joke in this scene, so they made the lights flicker, and that's it. This is a joke that kids would get, right? <laughs> is that what the is that what the electricity noise was supposed to be? I, think I didn't so. even catch that. I, yeah, I heard like a power flickering <laughs> noise, but I couldn't tell what was. Yeah, exactly, like a bzz noise, which they use a lot. By so the much way, in this movie. Yeah, like it's such a weirdly specific sound effect, but it's so jarring and out of place every time they use it that you one hundred percent can identify it, and it sticks out like a sore thumb always. Yeah, I feel like it's like ah, we're doing an Exorcist reference, but we got to throw a joke in for the kids or something that like that's the level this movie is operating on no one gave a shit it, it was just completely out of nothing which is this movie and it's not even the most out of place no. and like in their reference yeah. in the movie which i'll get to talk about yeah it's on his <laughs> half but uh yeah so an old man uh with long gray hair uh knocks this door and he's like i'm here to help you find uh his parent your parents um, who is my son? And Stashy was like, "Oh, if if I can't remember exactly how he like then gets to like, you must be my oh, he's sister." Just like, he's, like, he's like, "If my dad is your son and my mom is your, oh, then you're my sister." And it, it, it's such a it, stupid joke. It's, it's, it's so, so dumb. Limply. It's his granddad. It's very obviously his granddad. So I'm just like, what? And I, I don't know why I wrote I hunger. 
but it <laughs> oh, cuts. No, it's, there's a really good line from the grandpa here. The grandpa <laughs> has some moments of like, it's like low level comedy, but it hits. Because the delivery is almost is a joke. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like when he's like, oh, you idiot, just let me in. And he's like, okay, well, how are you going to help me? He's like, I'll tell you in a second, but first, I hunger. And it was, like, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew I wrote yeah. I hunger for a reason. I'm like, why did I write I hunger? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, this and the thing is, like, so many of the jokes in this film, um, normally a joke has some kind of, like, setup or idea going on early on of like what is going to happen for the payoff but most of the setups quote unquote in this film are just like he's an idiot yeah which it turns the out joke is he's an only idiot works a couple times and also there still needs to be something funny about it i did know that the food they get uh that's definitely a man-sized meatball he had right there it, it cuts literally to a shot of the meatball that then zooms out on them talking it is a pretty damn big meatball <laughs> Right there. And yeah, they're talking, and it doesn't really matter what they're talking about, but Pistachio is like, I get, he's, it's like someone told him to act like he was a child, but he wrote it, so he told himself to act like a child. It, it was funny seeing your tweets and people being like, someone must have told Dana Carvey to act like this. And you know who told Dana Carvey <laughs> to act like this? Dana fucking Carvey. I'm reading these yeah. notes, I just don't remember the scene. Fair. The thing that's <laughs> incredible too is. As you have brought up, we have now reached the point of Dana Carvey, who is a 47-year-old man, who is trying to act like a 20-year-old man, who's trying to act like a 6-year-old. Yeah. This is some incredibly, incredibly bad writing shit. This like, is this dark. Is, oh my god, it's so it's, bad. It's really bad. And then the grandpa's like, I must I must go off. And Pistachio follows him, but finds finds a maid, this, this big, big lady. Like a large Hispanic maid, yes. and we get some... It's like... Sort of low-key racism, because at least this they got an actual, like, Hispanic woman to do this. This will not be the case for everything. But it is still a bit racist. But, so, I mean, surprise, it's actually Grandfather, and, and Grandfather's like, ah, I'm rusty, because, like, Passage's poking the face. It's like, oh, it's all latex and squishy, this poor fucking lady. Um, and, like, Grandpa's like, ah, oh, what are you, I'm, I'm rusty, I haven't done it in uh, 60 years, but... Grandpa goes on to tell Pistachio that he's a disguise and we've used our skills as masters of disguise to help people and catch these. We have some scenes of them, like, throughout history. Oh my history. god, these flashbacks are so yeah, fucking bad. I, oh god, One I of mean, them did make me laugh a little bit, which is, <laughs> they were like, and they were some of the earliest environmental activists, and it just cuts to what looks like a child dressed up as George Washington getting ready to cut down a cherry tree, and then the cherry tree, which also just looks like shit, just <laughs> stands up and goes, no cherry tree for you, and runs away. And it's Not like, today, George so, Washington. It's so badly done yeah. that it's like legitimately kind of funny to me, but again, not in any way, shape, or form how they intended it to be funny. Yeah, it was like, yeah, the one before that was like one like dressed up as a as a statue and then hits someone who's stealing. And the one after yeah. is like a body double for Abraham Lincoln because he was a terrible uh, Public like, speaker. writer. And then it just has Abraham Lincoln dancing to the I Like to Move It song. And it's just bad sketch after bad sketch. It, it's just that was terrible. Like, what was that kids movie with the like Madagascar. tigers and lions Shrek. and stuff? 
yeah, they did this, right? <laughs> they did the I Like to Move yes. It song I, thing. I actually yeah. think Madagascar came out later than this, like, quite a bit. Wow, yes. I can't believe yes. Madagascar ripped off Master of the Skies. <laughs> well, well, well. The chickens some... ain't come home to roost, Madagascar. <laughs> There's actually something later I can't, like, believe ripped off this film, so we'll get to that. Yeah, 2005 was Madagascar. But, uh, yeah, so then it's just like, okay, then we, like, we're back to the present, and Granan is saying, Pistachio's dad was the best of the best, but he wanted to keep the legacy secret and not have you, like, in the family. And it's not really ever explained why. That's nah, not important. So that the movie can happen. So the movie can happen, yeah. See, so, yeah, and they go and sit down and they have the sacred book of the disguisey way. Which the proppiest like, prop that you oh have ever God. propped. Yeah, fucking grandpa here pulls out a goddamn phone book that's like a pop-up phone book that's covered in like Illuminati, like icon, icon, I can't even speak anymore. <laughs> yeah, that word. Yeah, the word I'm trying to say. And it's... <laughs> Why, if he decide, if he wanted his legacy to be a secret, why would he commission this pop-up phone book here's, for his stupid Here's what son? I think it looks like, too. The outside of it, it looks like a high school theater prop department yes. trying to make a book that evoked the energy of the Jumanji board. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's, that's a good way the to level. say it. Okay, sick. I was going to say real close <laughs> to Necronomicon, but yeah. So yeah, Pistachio's like, because Granada's like, you will have to go find your parents. Pistachio's like, well, why can't you do it? And he's like, there's a prophecy. So then the prophecy pops up in the book and there's a little thing that says, uh, there will be a time when disguising must rescue his parents without any help from his grandfather. And it's so lazy. And they reuse they, this joke several times and it gets worse every time. They do this joke again and I hate it so fucking much. And it's also, so they don't even just let the joke rock. Like, no. It's no. already not a great joke because, yeah, he's just like, he, he goes through it and does that. But then afterwards, they feel the need to have him go, wow, that's an oddly specific farmer. And it's like, god yep. damn it. Dana Carvey ruins so Dana many jokes Curry. in this movie by over-explaining them. <laughs> Pointing out the bad joke so doesn't many. make it less of a bad joke. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable seeing someone, like, take a joke that already flopped and, like, somehow, like, drilling it into the ground. Like, it's awesome. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty kick-ass. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So, they go up into the attic. Uh, they find a magic ball, which causes a... a Spelled this incorrectly. It's a Rube Goldberg machine. A Rude Goldberg machine is how she wrote it. <laughs> I know, I spelled it incorrectly. It's fine. This Rube Goldberg machine, by the way, is it's lazier pathetic. than like a lot of shit that you would just see online people make. It keeps cutting away. Yeah. Like there's a there's a shot of like a handle that cuts a rope, and then it just switches smash cuts to a monkey with symbols yeah. playing as the door opens in the and back. There's a train going around that we see briefly, but yeah, like they None this, of it connects. This machine must have if been so bad. If you don't track the way a Rube Goldberg machine like interacts piece by piece the whole way and like the whole yeah, line the of the, how it functions, Why? what's the point? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just don't even bother if you're not going to show how it works. That's like Rube Goldberg 101. And PA like set it all up and then like on the first take it just didn't work and the editor was like, well, fuck it. I got to do it. I can this. totally <laughs> believe. Yes. yes. This movie had two editors and they are both goddamn heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I've Alan never Smitty seen and a Alan time Smitty before. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have no idea. How, like, I never thought I would see an editor where I was like, I don't know how they got enough film. Yeah, <laughs> this is like usually it's the other way where it's just like, wow, it's impressive. They probably had to cut this down from ten hours down to two or whatever. No, this one it's like 
damn, they managed to make 40 minutes into 80. God bless. This film is exactly 80 minutes, by the way. Yes. Exact, including the intro and credits. Yes. Including yeah, like 11 minutes 13 each. minutes. We counted <laughs> yeah. 13 minutes of intro and credits. I thought it was 11 and a half. I thought it was like three and eight and a half. Was Probably. I, I think it's 11 and a half. It's, it's, it's yeah, this movie comes around 70. So. <laughs> it's far too many. But anyway, uh, so Secret Passage opens up and they find the dad's nest. They say nest like it means something a bunch. Yeah. Uh, So they're going to teach this dipshit how to be a master of disguise, which... Great. So now we get a training montage. Yay. Is this the first scene that uses a song written for the movie? Before the movie music. Yeah, this was the first one. Yeah, this is... Yes. I I hope in post you could just, like, splice in the rap music over me talking right now. (laughs) Because, like... Yeah. It's so no. Bad. It's, it's so, bad. so I, terrible. I make this podcast so people don't have to subject themselves <laughs> to that shit. But if they want to find a Hold copy on, of gotta... Master of Disguise or sign up for the Stars free trial on Hulu, whatever that shit was, <laughs> yeah. go yeah. nuts, go ape shit. I won't stop you, but I ain't gonna force nobody. The kind people who support and listen to this podcast deserve better than the Master of Disguise rap. Man, sorry, like Timbo. The Master of Disguise does not have an original soundtrack I can find on YouTube. It used to exist. Thank God. It's a, you can buy it on Amazon for probably too much. <laughs> uh, so yeah there's lots of mugging for the camera and bad latex prosthetics there's a master of disguise for dummies hey joke. remember for dummies books yeah mm. there's fat suit jokes woo he starts flying around the room because his fat suit inflated and you if you're if you're from America you've seen this scene because it was in the trailer um, we actually skipped over the I'm going to be a master of disguise scene, which was also in the trailer. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't matter, though. No, no, no. no. Also, then... Dana Carvey has a certain, um, how would you say, uh, love of repeating the same phrase over and over in what he thinks is a funny voice and assuming this will turn into a joke eventually. Yeah. <laughs> there will be enough reps that eventually this, this is comedy. It's, it's like gaslighting a joke. Was he ever considered funny? Like, not as the main person. Stuff. Yeah, Wayne's World. He's like an all right supporting character. Yeah, I don't think he wrote Wayne's World though. Right. No, absolutely not. Yeah, Yeah. I'm watching this. I'm like, this man. I mean, he's pretty good at mimicking voices, but he's so unfunny. If someone else wrote his jokes, he might awkward nerd deliver a decent one. He works really well. And yeah, yeah. Like he's, like, he's good at being an awkward nerd, but th- that's not what Pistachio is. No. Anyway, so yeah, at some point, uh, there's Dana Carvey dressed up as a schoolgirl, uh, who then gets a flower from a boy and is all tee about it. It's funny. It's weird that that ended up in the film. It's funny, right? Uh, anyway, we cut to Dad tied to a throne. What, why is he tied to a throne? Yeah. I don't know, he's tied to a throne. So he's uh, confirmed by that mafia man we saw earlier who spent 20 years in prison uh, because of him dressed up as Bo Derek. Yeah, so the mafia man is played by Brent Spinner, uh, who is data from Star Trek. This will yeah. show up in the notes. So we didn't actually realize this at first. And I must say, I think it's because when we rewatch this, in the first few scenes he appears, the lighting is really bad. He's shot in, like, horror movie lighting. In, like, blue lighting. For most of the scenes for the first half of this film. Quite far away. And I think it takes until he's shot outdoors with some proper lighting before we realized who he was. But you'll know from the notes when we figured it out. 
Yeah. So yeah, he's like, uh, Dad's like, do you want revenge? He's like, no, I want you to become a master of disguise again and steal priceless treasures for me. Oh, actually, oh no, that's after. Uh, Mum was also kidnapped. She's on the TV. Thinks she's still at home because they've drugged her. With caramel corn? They put drugs in the caramel corn, which comes up later when she mentions it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Comes up yeah. later in the loosest possible sense of the word. So then Dad's like, I'm not going to do anything I mean, for yeah. you. And then they threaten her by setting the kitchen on fire. Which apparently works. So this is when and he... instantly he... goes like, oh no, don't hurt my wife. Which is <laughs> fair. <laughs> Ultimate wife guy Fabrizio. So, yeah, then... It's not even, like, a big threat yet. Like, it's just, like, there's a fire nearby her, and he instantly cracks. Yeah. But now, 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 uh, Data is like, ah, you'll be a master disguise for me. And then the the start of a running joke. Uh, I I use joke in the loosest possible sense of the word. Uh, every time he laughs, he farts. And the, uh, every time this happens... dead air. Every time it happens, they cut the music, and they both everyone in the scene just looks incredibly uncomfortable. They do this. They do this like five or six times during this movie, and I swear it's because they did not know how to end the scene. It's yes, it's four times, and then uh, they have a quote unquote payoff a fifth time. It's uh, true. Yeah, I can tell you by the way this this is exactly. 24 minutes and 34 seconds into the film because 24 minutes and 34 seconds into this film followed by 24 minutes and 35 seconds into this film is maybe two of the worst seconds in any film I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not being hyperbolic because because it immediately goes from one of the worst delivered fart jokes I've ever seen in my time on this planet Earth to Dana Carvey in some of the most offensive brown face I've ever seen on my time on this earth. It is. This is a bit that probably would have been like written up in the newspaper if it showed up in the early 90s. And it is 2001, and oh boy. Here's the thing, like this entire scene here where he's in brown face, he doesn't need to be. No. No. Like There's it, no it's reason his for fucking it. grandfather telling him about like the you know secret yeah. family technique or whatever, and like there's no reason why he needs to be dressed as this like Indian dude. They yeah. could have done anything. Any. They could have had him be a baseball player. They could have had him be anything, but instead they're the like, we're is... gonna have you be the most offensive snake charmer Indian stereotype we can fucking think of, and we're gonna play it the fuck up. And Dana, it sucks Dana so much. Dana Carvey thought his Indian snake charmer impersonation was on point. Yeah, like he doesn't get into it until the whole Energico thing happens, but like when he starts going for it, it is the exact same racist Indian voice that has showed up in movies for like 50 years. It It is pitch perfect to be perfectly racist. Yeah, so this also happens for a disturbingly long time. He shows up a brown face and then like, uh, Grandad's like, oh, anyone could put on prosthetics, but if you want to be a true disguisey, you've got to learn the ways of Energico. Energico! <laughs> Hand wavy bullshit. Energico and, sounds like a pyramid scheme. Yeah, I didn't actually time how long the scene is, but it must have been like two or three. It minutes felt like long. hours. Yeah. It's so long. Oh man, hey, uh, just sorry, just had to come back. My Juicero was having a problem. Apparently, I need to replace the battery. It's this new Energico model. Yeah, some some new startup shit. I don't know, man. Yeah. It, uh, but you get good juice out of it. So. 
Yes, in order to truly become another person, you must repeat the mantra, become another person. That's how... So he starts <laughs> chanting, become another person, become another person. And it gets more racist person. every yes. time he it says it. It starts sounding more stereotypically Indian, and he goes, who are you? And he's like, I, I don't even want to repeat the name. No, it's, so it's racist. again, I'm like... Prince will ever. There's no... I honestly, like, again, I'm just going to say here... He set, he does a bunch of racist shit, yeah. and then they have him charm the snake by playing Kenny, Kenny G on a recorder, and then going like getting all close to the snake and being like, "Oh, my baby," etc. While it still cheese? doing a very racist voice calls the whole it time, buttercup. feeds it cheese, calls it buttercup, like is kissing it and stuff, but like all the time doing one of the most offensive. And it's like it's kind of sad too because like the I've Kenny G on the recorder thing could have been a good joke. Like yeah. It was yeah. almost like, but it's in the it middle of from the like whole background of racism going on. Yep. Everything <laughs> oh else God. on it. Yeah, it's like, like I wrote I, hey, as somebody who's watched the film The Pest multiple <laughs> times, this blows out everything in the pest in a racism. Oh. Like it's unbelievable. It sucks so much. Yeah, but. I like we went from like an eight on the racism scale all the way to twelve, because like this this went from being horribly the, racist to oh my god what the fuck there's literally a buildup of like him getting more racist yeah, yeah. sucks like, the racist he goes, build like, up. become another person and every time he repeats it he just goes deeper and deeper into ra- it's like oh my god like imagine watching someone turn into a corn cob anyway it's over don't it's, thank god it's over it's done we're gone. Now they're fighting a wooden dummy uh, that looked like it was from the, uh, there's like a children's uh, film called Robots, animated film. It just reminded me of that. He's, yeah, it's like a barrel dummy and yeah. it's got like a big bucket face kind of thing. The fighting, by the way, is him just slapping the robot in the face. Yeah. Yeah, he's asking for advice on how to fight. And Granddad's mm. like, well, if you want to demoralize your enemy, you should say, who's your daddy? Over and over again. And that's, that seems this done. Is, this comes up so many times, yep. and it should have come up none times. Has, has, no. <laughs> wasn't a good joke to make it once. Has saying who's your daddy ever been funny? No. Actually, no, I take that back. It was funny in uh, Kindergarten Cop. Never mind. Adam I was going to say, yeah, okay. when Arnold did it one time. The, who is your daddy and what does he do? It's like a really <laughs> good line to yell at a kid. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> Adam Sandler saw that once, and it became his favorite joke, probably. (laughs) Anyway, we're in a new scene now. It says, rare item number one, U.S. Constitution. Uh, Chariot Safari is playing as Dan is disguised as uh, Michael Johnson. So so this is like a genre of scene that comes up a bunch of times in the film where uh, Fabrizio disguises as a famous person, and... The thing, the thing that's really weird about it is that every single time someone, like an extra in the scene, basically looks at the camera and goes, "Hey, thank you, Michael Johnson, the fastest man on earth." For, <laughs> uh, happens, hey, yeah, could- several times because they like they have to explain who this famous person is for the kids who don't know who this famous person is. Because and what so- famous, what kid would know who Michael Johnson I is? I mean, I didn't know either. Yeah. So that was for me, apparently. <laughs> Well, like, I mean, a child and also someone who is not a fan of the American Olympic team. Yeah. yeah. So my question is, like, did they start, like, just out of the blue calling, like, famous, like, sports celebrities and stuff and to see who would be in the movie and Michael Johnson is just Adam low enough? Adam Sandler was like, hey, you want to make some money and dodge some fucking taxes? <laughs> I got I to play. Really, <laughs> Adam Sandler was like, hey, Airplane did it. How bad could it be? I didn't realize 
realized like Adam Sandler had pool in 2002. Yes. Oh, like, he was. He this was at his pool. like the peak of his power. Well, I know he this still was has the pool, peak of his power. But no, like probably. that's the thing. It was 2002. Wow. Adam yeah. Sandler coming off of like again, it's the reason it's called Happy Madison. Happy Gilmore. Happy yeah, Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. And like like Billy Madison are probably two of the biggest American comedy films of all time. Like, like I And then also, honest. Waterboy yep. as well. Waterboy was fucking huge. Waterboy was massive. I, I've seen Happy Gilmore, but I think the thing is, like, being British, I didn't grow up with yeah. SNL. So, yeah. like, Adam Sandler was, like, someone yeah. I knew of. You don't found a production he, company he unless you got some shit. He wasn't big in the UK. He was just another American comedian. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, Will Farrell, you know? Like, those are people we know, but they're not, like... They're not the household names or anything. Don't so. worry. For what it's worth, it, we do not consider Adam Sandler a national treasure <laughs> on the same level as perhaps, like, Mr. Bean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, uh, I thought you were going to say Nick Cage and go for the national treasure. <laughs> well, Damn. Nick Cage is a national treasure and yes. also, yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, uh, anyway, so he's disguised as Michael Johnson. The guards just let him borrow the Constitution. And he Chariots of Fire starts playing, yeah. and he runs to the car with really awkwardly sped up footage because he's the fastest man alive. So back in the car, get used to seeing this car. The same car from before. Yeah, hands it over to Data. Um, and he's like, <laughs> Just call him Data the rest face. of the movie, yeah. Yes. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's Actually, you'll know. Let's be clear. He looks more like Lore because he's the evil yeah. one. Yeah. He's got, yeah. He's got a goatee. He's got a beard, God, yeah. Like, he, would, he would be able to do... Like, they... I can't believe they managed to take one of the few actors who I was, like, having fun watching in this movie on occasion. Yeah. And then they just torpedo it by having yeah. a stupid it's, fart at the end of it. He's I'm, the only like, one that gives a shit. He's yeah, the honestly, only he's one the best having, actor like, in this movie. Like, yeah, hands easily. Down. He's the only one who yeah, tries. Yeah, easily. He's hamming it up and he's actually having a good time. No one else in the film is. And then they <laughs> make him fart. He's having a fart. good time with the asterisks of, except for the scenes at the end during the credits where it's obvious he hates it. Anyway, so yeah, uh, then the dad tries to attack Data in the car, but Data's like, oh, oh, get your wife, and then starts laughing, and he once again farts with laugh, uh, okay. and the music stops. This was, this was almost funny to me, because specifically the way they threaten the wife this time is, again, this is one of the most set-looking assets yep. of, like, oh. a Welcome fake Italian wife's kitchen. Sitcom. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> On the table, there's what I think I think it was like a big pile of flour, flour. more or less. And he presses a button, and just some hands start coming out of the flour. And like she's not looking at it, and then he presses the button after. He's like, "No, no!" And the hands just go back into the flour, and it's like this could be funny, funny in a better movie. Yeah, this could absolutely be a bit that's done well, but oh my god! <laughs> I also wrote here, I can't believe this lost to Scooby Doo in the Nickelodeon Fart of the Year Award. Which it did. It did. <laughs> Lost to Scooby Doo, which came out two months earlier. That might be relevant a little bit later on. Uh, so yeah, when we go back to the training montage. Yeah. By the way, we cut. They cut their training montage in two for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Pistachio starts just calling pissed in the notes. That, that's how I felt. <laughs> From like watching this, just so pissed. Uh, and he gets beat up by the stomach. He gets slapped by the stomach. Then we cut to like. 
a 20 second scene where there's this big ass lady with like blue Hawaiian shirt on, long hair, walking her dog and Stash on the ground, they're eating ice cream, and they creep on this lady. And they, they do turn. the butt zoom again. And he does the butt zoom, and then they turn. It turns out it's a dude. What? what and their the... ice cream is going in their mouth. It's like whoop. Yeah, this the scene, scene didn't need to be here. It and just it, ends, and then it just goes away. And now they're talking about how Pistachio is just a level one master. Just it, it's this twenty second scene that just it's just in there, and then it just leaves. I would like to point out. That we will will definitely revisit this during the discussion of the credits because yes. this is clearly a thing they wanted to yep. be like more of an element in yep. it, and I'm willing to bet they got hit by the censors Absolutely. in a way yes. that would have made it not viable as a kids movie, so yep. they yes. had to pull it back a bunch. We talk, yes. And I'm convinced that's what happens. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, like we, as soon as we saw the credit scene that will make this all make sense, it was like, oh. That wasn't allowed in the movie. And then they put it in the fucking movie anyway. (laughs) Devoid of context, so it's just there. Yup. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Grandma's talking about it. He's like, you're a level one master disguise. And I was like, oh, level one, that's quite good. It's like, no, there's several thousand. The grandfather is like almost delivering jokes, but he also doesn't care. He doesn't care. The actor doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, So I think... God, I hate the stuff coming up. But Here we go. Uh, right. So if you thought this movie wasn't sexist enough. Yeah, just wait. All right, so Grandma said we're going to hire you an assistant. We have a, a job interview montage. But the thing is, like, so in most films that have a job interview montage, this is very, very common. What happens is they're sitting in front of, like, a stage or whatever, and the first candidate comes in and they're terrible. They do something and they're just awful. And it's so, used like, for comedy. Yeah, to tell a joke. Comedy. And I go, cut. Next. Second person's on and they're terrible. And I go, ugh, cut. Next. And then you, like, just start cutting. Then you just see, like, small snippets. This film just starts like, with a granddad even... rejecting everyone immediately. Like, there's not even time for, yeah, like, any jokes. No one does a joke. Like, it's just... It's just a picture of someone, and he just starts calling everyone, like, freak and shit. Yeah, which, he, he starts since, getting really, vi- like, verbally abusive with these people, and we don't even get to see them, basically. Yeah, the very first one, she just comes home, she doesn't even speak, and he just goes, are you kidding me? Next. No, the first woman says, like, she was, like, an executive, she was a secretary for, like, an executive VP at this, like, high-level firm, and then he, like, dismisses yeah. her immediately. And then, yeah. like, everyone and, like, after and, like, doesn't even say what they the do. The idea was supposed to be like giving the idea that he's not actually looking for like a standard secretary and the problem is what he is looking for is a poor innocent woman to do everything and also be perved on which but uh, they don't even like get ready for the next scene yeah they don't even do anything to sell that or tell a joke during that period it's so bad anyway um, old man yells at list for 20 seconds yeah it's yeah yeah. then they go outside it's like oh god no one's working out and then the kid (laughs) Once again, Johnny skateboard shows up, and once again, he eats shit. This is, is this the scene where he talks with the uh, the the boyfriend or no, 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 less oh, later. Okay. I haven't met the boyfriend. Yet. I haven't so met the I guess yet. the kid eats shit three times in this movie. Yes. There you go. Okay, <laughs> I forgot about the second eating shit of the kid. Well, it's because the grandfather then starts verbally abusing him. Yeah, the kids are <laughs> sass talking the granddad, and then his hot mom shows up, and this is Jennifer. Uh, she sends the kid away with like a fist bump. Go practice your ollies, she yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, go get ready. And she seems she is normal. She turns up and she's just normal. And I'm like, oh no, already. I'm like, no, I no, like, no. Oh, I no. like the way you put that because that summarizes my feelings on this character throughout <laughs> most of the movie, which is yep. like, she's just very normal. 
And thus I want to support her because everyone yeah. around her is some kind of monstrous jackass. Yes. She's like just a normal lady yep. and gets endless shit for it. Just yep. incredible amounts of shit yeah. for it. Speaking of which. <laughs> she's up on the stage and the grandma's like, can I get your measurements? And she's like, why do you need them? And he's like, for a uniform. And she's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, uh, she gives the measurements. So I can even remember. It's like 32, 25. It doesn't matter. It was like 35. It was yeah. like, you know, 35 small waist and then 34. And he's just it's like, oh, butt. tiny, tiny ass. Yes. They start small talking ass. about like, tiny ass. Right but in like, front of her. Right in front of her. But the thing about it is that, like, women don't measure their size like that. I have to point out, we don't even wear clothes that are sized in inches like that. Like, as a woman, I would say something like, I'm a size 10. Which men wouldn't understand because you guys get your clothes sized in inches. So it's very obvious to me this was written by a dude because this oh, is But yeah. you gotta you set up say. the sexual was harassment. Any, was there any other like doubt for No, that? no, absolutely not. This is the first hint. The only thing. But it just stands out to me because I'm like, no, women women don't know that no, shit. Women don't know that. Women don't go, yes, my ass is thirty-three inches today. I'm feeling very thirty-four today. <laughs> So uh, I I forget mm. because I'm not still not sure if I watched this movie. Is this the scene where they start talking in Italian to make fun yes, of her small yes, ass? Yes, okay. Yes. Um, she goes. I know. You know. I can hear you. And they just start talking in Italian yes. to continue to talk about how yes, small her butt is. Yes. They start speaking in various foreign languages to keep creeping on her. And there's like yeah. Point out there's a potential for a funny joke here where Pistachio is about to. It kills to me. <laughs> They came so close. They came so close. Like, if it wasn't being, like, just fucking windmill slammed by sexism on every side of it, they are, so they start, yeah, she she says, you know, like, hey, you know I can hear you creeps. And so they start speaking in Italian, which, like, again, like, what an, Incredibly what an rude. asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And so they start subtitling that, and then one of them, like, sneezes and... The other says tight," and they subtitled tight" as, you know, God bless you, which, whatever, I'm not even going to go into <laughs> that. God bless right. you as Gesundheit. Yeah, it was then, close to a joke. And then she says, yeah, she says, God bless you, and they they subtitle that as Gesundheit. So they subtitled Gesundheit one direction, and then, then the other. God bless you the other direction. Yep. And it's like, God, it's almost a joke, and if it wasn't just being just killed by the rest yes. of this scene. If they weren't speaking Italian so that they could talk about her tiny ass and how they're turned off by the fact that she has a tiny ass because disguising men like big butts. Yep. And they cannot lie. I'm surprised that isn't in the film, to be I, honest. Yeah, think I think it plays that. the baseline at least once. Does it? Does it play the baseline? Mm. I might have imagined it, though. I feel like if they didn't, like, they that's a missed opportunity. They play the baseline of can't touch this, I think, they once definitely do, during a yes, fight they do scene. Can't touch this. You yes. might be thinking of that. Maybe. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah so, like, she's like, oh, I really should go. But then, then she's like, okay, uh, they're like... God, Granddad is like, um, we do. Are you she able asks, to how's like? The pay? Yeah, but Granddad's yeah. also like, can you like? Are you strong enough? Will you like things that make you cry like a baby? Are you strong? And she's like, I just need the cash, guys. How much does this pay? So they offer her four hundred seventeen dollars a week and dental. And went dental, and she's like, what? sold. Like I, I was like freaking out about that. Like no one can live on four hundred seventeen dollars and just dental. Like is that supposed to sweeten the deal? <laughs> It's it's 
almost a joke, but again, it's just in all in this quagmire, it's but just then, nothing. Then no, I feel granddad. that this is pretty uh. indicative of the interview process. They ask her why she wants the position, and it's not yeah. I need cash. It's like, well, I feel that the qualities of your company coincide yeah. with what I feel need to go, you know, moving Basically. forward as a person. <laughs> so granddad's like assistants have a long history of falling in love with their uh, disguising masters. Can you resist? Falling in love with Pistachio, she looks at him and she's like, "Yeah, I think, think I can." Yeah, no that. problem. <laughs> Extremely. Which is again delivered out, but... almost decently. Yeah. But Dana Carvey's and... making a funny face, which also sort of sours it. But then I'm like, they're also, gonna make her fall in love with this creep. Say... There's a history of falling in love with their disguisey masters. Is like the most gross line yep. I can imagine saying someone falling in love with their masters. Like, yep. I want to die. Ooh. Don't <laughs> don't do jokes around that. Ooh, <laughs> it was it was gross. And she again is being extremely normal. And it's just like, oh, this fucking sucks. But you know, I need the dental. I guess. <laughs> At least he needs braces. Yeah, at least he needs braces. So outside of a taxi and Granddad is leaving and they start doing weird song and dance. They needed to pad this movie so fucking bad. So, yeah. Does anyone mind if I maybe insert a little clip of uh, that extreme time kill? Uh, Before we do this, can we talk about the padding? Because we're at 70 minutes on this podcast, so the movie's done. Yeah. Um, yeah, the movie is say. done at this point. <laughs> the movie's over. We're not halfway through this, but... Uh... No, no, we'll know where we're halfway yeah. through, because that's when we're switching to Vicus's notes. I'll go a little faster, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, so, no, um, here is how bad they pad this. I know what to disguise myself as. You will have to listen to your disguise instincts. Answer these questions for yourself. Who, why, where, how? Would they take your mother, the cuteness, and your father, my son? Yes, yes, yes. Who, why, where, and why? No, wrong. Who, why, where, and how? Oh, yes. Who, why, what, and what, and what, and what? Not wrong. Who, why, where, how? Yes, yes, yes. Who, why, where, how? That's it. You got it. Yes, who, why, where, how? I say, who, why, where, how? I say, who, why, That was 43 seconds of your life that you don't fucking get back and you can hold that shit. So that uh, that was, yeah, easily like, I have never seen a film so blatantly padding like that. Like, yeah. that feels like the two actors were improv because they just yeah. heard they needed to make twice as much film with no budget. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. Is there a movie that you could think of that has a better size per minute ratio than this? Like heavy sighing <laughs> per minute. Oh, God. No, this is, this this is, is tough. It. Yeah, this is it, honestly, like, for me, I was for like sure. Constantly just <sighs> that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I had to write notes. I was too busy to sigh, to be honest. Like, like this is going at the speed of light, and I am like typing just so fast to try and keep up with all the stupid shit happening. I didn't have time to do anything. So anyway. Uh, anyway, so Granite then warns Jennifer that Pistachio's going to be a fucking weirdo. He's going to get too into his disguises and be weird. So she's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, what about the dental? And then he goes, you sicken me. Yeah, I don't Which know you, why he does this. No, like, because it's funny to be mean to women. <laughs> yeah. She's, that's, that's she's the not actual in it for joke. the adventure. 
She's just yeah, she's a, man. He was just a vengeful small business owner who didn't want to actually pay out benefits to his employees. But yeah, that's true. We could go with yeah. the sexism like, one too. That really is just like that's the level of joke that you're getting from this film. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, Granad gives Pistachio the disguisey ball of knowledge MacGuffin and then just fucks off. This, this will looks, show up in exactly one scene. This looks like CG. the Apple from the Assassin's Creed video yes. game series. <laughs> yes. Also, this could be replaced with a cell phone and function the same purpose. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh no, how could you do this? So the lady's like, bye-bye. And I'm like, oh, I like this lady. But God, she looks pained. And I, I know where they're going with her. So yeah. immediately I'm like, I, I want... I would love her to just stay normal. And I just, just want good things for you, lady. fuck off at the end because like, she's the only normal person. And that's like sort of a setup for a joke. But instead, it's just you just feel so sorry for this lady. Like, <laughs> yep. It's not funny. It's just painful. Especially when they start doing this shit. Yeah. So in the next scene, they're, they're looking around the scene of the crime because she's, well, yeah, like she's like, let's go to the scene of the crime because she's normal. And, she and he's like, that's it. ridiculous, but let's do it. A normal no, he, thing. He uses the catchphrase, that seems crazy, but it may just work or something like that. He does this like Several crazy times. enough to yeah. work, yeah. which he looks directly at the camera whenever he says, yes. Yeah, so they're searching through the trash and he has these dumb like comedy goggles, comedy goggles on. Uh, she finds a cigar from the Turtle Club where he's like, ah, oh, my boyfriend used to get these cigars from the Turtle Club that are down the road. And then, like, he's like... Stop he's bothering zo- me. I'm doing he, detective yeah, work. And he zooms in magnifying on a cigar and he's like, oh, this cigar, the thing you just told me. And then just basically, he does the man thing of saying what she said right back at her as if it was his idea. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's 100%. like, it's supposed to be a joke, but again, when they're sexist to her as a joke, it's kind of just sad. Yeah, it's just sexist. So, all right. So, you've heard Turtle Club. You've heard the name Turtle Club. It's, it's a scene you've only waited for. This is the for. scene that everybody knows of this movie, but has never actually seen the movie to experience. Of course, I'm experiencing this completely blind, because I've never seen this ad. Um, so, yeah. Here, here he is. He's the Turtley Man. Because they're going to the Turtle Club. And am I not turtly enough for the Turtle Club? He is dressed in a green <laughs> suit that is very ovalish with a shell on its back. And he has, like, a lip thing. So he looks like he has the beak of a turtle. It's So it has to be pointed out the Turtle Club is just a gentleman's club. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a normal gentleman's club. A, a non-porny gentleman's club. Yes, like yes. the smoking no, not jacket a gentleman's club, club yes. not the strip yes. club. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, smoking jacket. So to they be turn clear. up. They turn up to the bouncer, and like the bouncer's not letting him in. He's like, "I'm not turtly enough." And like Jennifer's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." Like, yeah, she like, looks very uncomfortable slow. during this. Yes, the whole scene. Like the bouncer's like, "What the fuck?" But the, the Jennifer's like, "No, he he's he's slow." She kind of comes on to him and goes like, "Oh, but he just wants one try," and then like kind of leans over no, so their boobs he, get in the camera. He's a six year old at heart, you know, and like he, he heard so much about the turtle club. He just wants to get in, and the bouncer just lets him in because she's because she's a by, hot lady, yeah, and he's threatened by a turtle man. Yep, he's a turtle man. Uh, so she leads him over to the, this guy's the actor who's every it's wise. It's Eric Avari, yes, the, Every yeah. wise old guy in every Master movie. Master Every Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. 
<laughs> every movie ever. And then it does this if thing. If we die, so does the Data Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> so it does this thing where they like do the clue, and it is it goes Bowman, and it zooms in and highlight flashes Bowman's name and number, and I'm like, oh my god, does Sykes steal from this, Master of Disguise? From Master of Disguise, the zoom and highlight the point of interest thing. Like, oh my god, no, Psych, no. How could you do this to me? So, uh, can we at this point talk about the fact that the scene in the Turtle Club was filmed on 9-11? That the uh, word of the yeah. terrorists attacks yeah. reached the set. They observed a moment of silence. And so, last night when I watched this with friends, we paused the video and observed a moment of silence <laughs> during the scene. <laughs> and so, I, I ask you all, let's yeah. observe a moment of silence. Okay. Uh, continuing on. <laughs> so, so it right, should also stuff. be mentioned that the source Turtle. of this... Go ahead. <laughs> no, sorry. If they would have just let that rock and like had a moment of silence for 9-11 and then just went back to Dana Carvey <laughs> going, process, the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, and they absolutely didn't do that and no. it sucks, but like, damn, damn. That would have made this movie go from like a one to like a nine if he just turned to the camera and said, this is a moment of remembrance for nine people of 9-11. <laughs> it just covered his heart while Turtle. looking down at the ground. Whenever I put on this turtle suit, I just think turtle, of the brave turtle. firefighters climbing the stairs in 9-11. <laughs> so, so the source of this, if you've never heard the Master of Disguise 9-11 thing, is just the IMDb trivia page has it. Um, if you are the person who wrote that or knows who did it, I need to know if this is real or not. Because I don't want to live in a world where this isn't real. Well... <laughs> It is, it is good to know that 253 of 261 people found this interesting. <laughs> Wait, who didn't find this interesting? I don't know. What? what? Monsters. So he, uh, oh god, he's standing there just saying turtle over and over again. And she's trying to investigate and ask this guy who Devlin Bowman is. Jennifer does basically all of the detective work for the movie. And they play it as a joke, but it's not funny it's enough not to funny. be a joke. So it's just sexist. So yeah, she's like, will you help us out? And he's like, no, I can't give you that information. And then Sasha's like, I'll threaten you. I'm going to threaten you with turtly harm. And it's so bad. And so she grabs Sasha's like, okay, let's, let's get out of here. They walk it, off. Hold on, and like, is this before or after he eats the nose off of her? This is That's, before. Here it this comes. is coming up. It's coming oh, okay, up. Okay, okay. Yeah, we he, can't he's miss too, <laughs> No, no, absolutely not. But he's doing a really bad, like, Kermit impression. I'm yeah, like, does he's he doing know, a Kermit voice. Does he know that Kermit's a frog? It's, yeah, <laughs> he's doing a Kermit voice and also... The only lines he has in this are turtle, 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 repeating something Jennifer said and then saying turtle at the end of it. And I'm going to do you turtley harm, which I think is supposed to be a joke on bodily harm, but it doesn't work. Terrible turtle uh, harm. Terrible turtle harm. But then as they're leaving, they're confronted by three dudes. Three jock businessmen. Three jock <laughs> business dudes. They're like, oh, turtle man. Jennifer's like, no, 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 don't, don't. He'll go in his shell. So he goes in his shell and they just, oh, they look in. What's up? And then in this horrible CGI moment, he said, leaps out, bites his man's nose off and it's like CG like Voldemort flat, face flat face afterwards there's no blood or anything like that it's just like whoop nose off and then it like he spits out it CGI's back on his face and it's sort of like Pinocchio's for a little bit like wiggles like it's a wood board and then there's a cut from spitting on the ground and a cut see over that's it it's that's baffling like why anybody would put that in the movie it didn't need to be there at all and they thought it would kill 
It, my, my favorite part though is the whole joke of him biting the nose off stops and then it does just fade cut yeah. to him spinning on spinning, the floor and then, and then fade yeah. cut to back to the restaurant. Yeah, they're now on like, a motorcycle. that's the level. They're now uh, on a motorcycle. In case anyone forgot, by the way, or if you didn't know about it, that spinning on the floor scene, uh, I almost guarantee you was put into the film because it was in the uh, advertising of Yes, that. it's yeah. in the trailer. Like, they clearly had a lot of stuff in that scene they cut. Like, because yep. it was terrible. Yep. So, yeah, now they're on a motorbike. Just suddenly. They're on a motorbike, the two of them. And Jennifer says the line, I don't even really know what to say about what went on back there. <laughs> and that is Jennifer summing up the That's entire movie. That's the mantra of this movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 100%. And so she's trying to quit, and he keeps talking over her. Yeah, this whole scene, she's like, you're a great guy, but... And he's like, we're gonna go do our next detective thing. It's gonna be amazing. And she's clearly letting him down, but he just... Ah, it's gross. Anyway, she mentions that her boyfriend has her car. And he gets super fucking creepy about her having a boyfriend and calls her a love cake. And then he gets all weird about it when she confronts him. He's like, oh, I didn't call you love cake, schmookums. And like, it's like, oh my god, he's being such a creep. Yeah, both of like the female love interests in this movie for him, like he just like weirdly macks on when it's obvious that they're not interested in him. Yep. Yeah. And like he gets a present for her. He's like, I have a present for your kid from his dad, which is him. And he's like, she's like, you're... You're not his dad. He's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't mean it. Oh my god, I hate no, this so much. No, he specifically goes, oh, I didn't say dad. I said uh, dad, Italian guy, which is the worst cover and not a joke. And, and like, delivered god. awfully. And and my final yeah. my final written note line is she finally goes away. God, I feel so bad for her. So this is the exact halfway point of the meeting. We were literally <laughs> counting the seconds over. 40 minutes, 47 seconds is when uh, Vegas took over. So I did very slightly more than half. Mm-hmm. Very slightly. And we thank you for that. Thank you. So we cut to Fabrizio stealing the Liberty Bell as Jesse Ventura. And they he gave the guys uh, like action figures of him, which is the only way that you, that a kid would ever know that it's Jesse Ventura. Now I remember guess. Remember, they're action figures, not this dogs. was uh, this was two thousand two, right? Yeah. So he yes. was still the governor of Minnesota at this yes. time. Yes, and they keep yeah. saying, "Hey there, Governor Jesse Ventura," because haha, wrestler governor man, like yeah. funny joke. Uh, Data farts again. Yeah. Cut that. It doesn't matter. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Jennifer introducing Pistachio to her boyfriend, Trent, which is the absolute perfect shithead name. Dana Carvey, I will give you that. Trent is a really good shithead name. Yeah, yeah you also have to know, you know immediately this boyfriend has to be a shit because in order for Pistachio to look better yes. than her current boyfriend, he has to be a fucking piece of shit. So Jennifer walks off camera and Trent immediately assaults Pistachio. Um, and in case you didn't get that he was a bad guy, uh, the kid skateboards up and the guy's like, hey, yes. here's the kid who can't skateboard. And the kid eats shit into a shrubbery. No, like he, he tells the kids like, hey, grind that curb. And the kid like gets all enthusiastic and then he like just bails into the fucking shrub. And Pistachio's like, oh no. And the guy's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love okay. it when children get this injured. This was the only thing I laughed at in this movie was this joke. Yep. It's, it's. 
Oh, I think I was so Frank, done by this Frank point that I couldn't Barney. laugh. He just eats shit. Yeah. Because oh. I think objectively that is kind of funny, but like I think I was so done by all the note taking that I just couldn't even laugh. At this child, this poor child actor kid, just child acts all over, and it's great. Um, so Trent starts threatening him for being a creep to Jennifer, which let's be real is portrayed as bad, but is kind of actually not. No, yeah, he is a creep to her. He's yeah, being a literal yeah. creep to Jennifer. Her whole, like, business relationship with him, like, she's supposed to be his employee. Yep. It becomes, like, weirdly blurred, the lines that they have. Like, he starts... Super sexual. Creep. And it's yeah. always him. Yeah, and uh, this is just an extremely worst guy you know is unfortunately correct. <laughs> yep. uh, with <laughs> Trent is, like threatening pistachio and, and yeah it's like it's supposed to be like oh what a jerk but it's like nah but no. he should though he brings up <laughs> some good like, points you should, should probably just hit hit him yep. i think <laughs> so, so pistachio does starts imitating him and he does the oh, usual really jock badly. thing yeah wow this one really hurts because trent's like actually playing he's playing a jock really just fine and pistachio is just it's so fucking limp like, it ooh. really is. Like, it barely sounds like the guy. So Eye of the Tiger starts up, and Dana Carvey does a funny dance and is about to slap him. Um, it takes literally forever because this movie's super padded. Trent grabs his arm and is about to beat him up when Barney shows up again with, like, the, the exact dog, same yeah. shot and also, and I guess, dog. the dog. Like I said, the dog only appears for the kid. Which is From why this point I on. thought the dog was the kid's after this point. Yup. Um, and the dog gets on the skateboard, and the kid's like, how come you can skateboard better than I can? And it's, very, it's very cute. It's probably the best delivery the kid has in the entire film. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jennifer comes in and um, says he's so good with children, which isn't the dog. <laughs> Despite what my note, my notes say, but this next scene dates this movie. I'm reading the head of the notes here. Yes, there <laughs> are a few scenes that date the movie specifically. Yeah, so they cut back to the office where Pistachio is just doing some mugging comedy with the punching dummy. He's upset he, he doesn't know like where to go. Like he's out of clues or whatever. Yup. And so Jennifer's like, well, all we know is the name Devin Bolum. I know. Let's look him up on classmates.com. Everyone's Taco on classmates.com. Product placement with Taco Bell. And Torito, <laughs> Nacho Burrito. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's really egregious product placement. Oh, and they, it happens and like three times in this movie. They're on one of the uh, candy IMAX, aren't they, for this scene? Oh, yeah. And it they get shots of the monitor, which are clearly cur- like, you know, shots of a camera doing a monitor with the scan lines and shit. Of the raw web 1.0 HTML of classmates.com. And she's like, look, Dev- Devlin Bowman's on him. And his his quote is to become the world's greatest black marketeer and possess the rarest treasures on earth, then store them in a secret underground lair. And all this time I'm just being like, man, remember classmates.com? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like it was one of those things that was like a joke to our parents. Yeah, I do actually remember my mom being like, I am not signing up for classmates.com. Fuck off. And now they're when on I Facebook. When I was younger. And, and my mom's not on Facebook. My mom has nothing to do with social media. She cannot be arsed <laughs> Kudos with that to your shit. mother, who's smarter than yeah. most people. Yeah, bless, blessed mom. <laughs> so the robot starts um, pantsing Dana Carvey. He gets him in like a leg lock at some point or... 
it it's it really dumb matter. but he he does the it's so crazy it just might work when jennifer does the work of being like oh he's i bet he's gonna be at the old toy auction uh tomorrow yeah, it seems uh, that Data is into, like, doing the whole, like, Antiques Roadshow, finding rare treasures at things. So, like, that's how they figure it out. Yep. So, do you think this is where the scene... Yes. There's a scene from the credits that was cut, clearly <laughs> cut. And, like, clearly a disguise that they actually put effort into. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's, that definitely was going to happen now. it was now. in here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that scene later. Yeah, because yeah. they say it was like a toy thing. Yeah, yeah. like he was going to go for to a toy I'm thing. I'm pretty sure and it mentions a up, toy auction or like in toy antiques or something. So. And instead, they go to Antiques Roadshow, and it's time for uh, some garbage. <laughs> time for the the drag lady comedy. Um, so they he's dressed as just an old lady with like red dyed hair. And oh, God, what was her name? She had some uh, really awful... Gammy like, Num Nums is her name. Gammy Num Nums. And it, he's doing old, like, oh, I'm an old woman kind of voice, the but... Is, like, I feel like this is a very specific joke. It is, but I don't actually know he what it's He did a of. lot of drag bits on SNL. Yeah. It feels here. kind of like the Adam Sandler lunch lady thing, but yeah. again, without the bombast and strength of as much... Hey... Adam Sandler can put some energy behind a delivery, even sometimes. if it's <laughs> he used to. Yeah, be like, yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, Dana and Carvey just does just... not have it in this. Um, no, yeah. It, the, the line that I have written down here probably is his best delivered line in the film, and it's complete garbage. Yes. <laughs> so he, they bring up the suit, the disguisey suitcase, and the the antiques roadshow dude is like, "Well, this looks like a this this looks like a 12th century Tuscan design," and the Dana Carvey's like, "Well, no, it isn't, you idiot." And then uh, Data shows up, and Dana Carvey start and is like, "Oh, that's clearly a 12th century cu- uh, Tuscany design." And Dana Carvey immediately starts coming onto him because I guess old women being horny is a good joke for a kids' film. Why aren't you a tall drink of water? Why aren't you a tall drink of water? And he's like, uh, d- "Excuse me, ma'am." And then. He he gives the line, word for word. Guess what, Backstreet Boy? This is one Girl Scout who isn't content to be your Malcolm in the Middle. And uh, I would like to say that the notes Vickis has given us uh, follow that line in quotes with, I believe, uh, let me count them. Step uh, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, question marks, then a line break, and then six more question marks, then another line break, then two forward carrots, and then like eight more uh, question marks, which, for what it's worth, is also how I felt. This was one of the times accurate. I had to pause the music and take, or pause the movie and just like take a second and try and figure out what the fuck someone just said. Because, yeah, guess what, Backstreet Boy? This is one Girl Scout who isn't content to be your Malcolm in the middle, which, like, a a lot of that is trash. But I feel like the last part in particular, what is isn't content to be your Malcolm in the middle? It's it's like six nascent jokes that have been killed all at once. These like, are all they, things that were like, popular in 2001, and they decided to throw them in a movie. It's like a comedian word salad. It, it, yeah. it's, it's very clear that this scene was just because it's just him, Dana Carvey, interrupting Bowman trying to hit on Jennifer, and then getting pushed away. And it's very clearly just like he, this was just improv. This was just Dana Carvey butts in and says whatever fucking shit comes in his head. You, yep. know? you know what the worst part is? 
I'm willing to bet this line was actually specifically written and delivered and intended to be one of them for the advertising and Probably. then ended up Probably. not making the cut versus yeah. the turtle spinning on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yup. This whole scene. Um, so, so Bowman's... Go ahead. This whole scene as an aside is weird for the fact that he just starts getting weirdly horny over Data and yeah. it doesn't need to be there. Yep. No. It's also, this is the first time we see Data in proper lighting. Proper lighting. This yeah. is the point where for the two yeah. of us, are the gears actually started turning. I, I started looking at me like, is that? Oh, Wait no. a minute. No, it can't be. No, no. It, it, no, no. Clearly, no. Um, it can't be. So Bowman comes on to Jennifer, uh, invites her to his house tomorrow because he's having a party. It, it doesn't matter. Um, the scene then just ends completely. So you can tell there's a ton of cut material in there. We hard cut to Jennifer, the kid, and the dog and pistachio in the park, where he's pressuring her to go into the party, and she is clearly very, very yeah, uncomfortable. She is like oh my God, flirting with a strange old man, not in my job description. And then the dog, like, jumps up onto the bench, nuzzles the prop book from before, and it opens to another pop-up thing that pulls out a message that's like, sometimes the assistant has to d- will be required to date strange old men for the purposes this, of moving this the plot on forward. This is Terminator, or not Terminator 2, with Transformers 2, where they bring up the law that says yes. you could date 12-year-olds or whatever. Like, this is like the weirdest, like, rules lawyering just out of nowhere left field deus ex machina in order to get a woman to do something in a movie. They... Yeah. Yeah, so she's clearly it's, still extremely uncomfortable with this. So, like, instead of her, like, seducing him and Pistachio, like, finding the... Uh, the actual, whatever they're looking whatever for, they're looking they don't for. actually make it clear. Yeah, they're just yeah, they're looking for something. Never, Info of yeah. some sort. Um, Info, so she's yeah. like, no, okay, you'll distract Bowman. I'll get the info. Yep. Um... <laughs> So we cut to the party where the the narrator, the, the grandpa narrator, fills us in that, hey, they went to the party to go get the data, to go get some information on data, as if that wasn't the literal scene we just watched. Yeah. In and, case and you have a short attention span. <laughs> and we see data standing outside in the light, and I, I turned to you and I went... Is that Data? I've written in the notes, this is the exact moment we realized that Bowman is Data and we both cried a bit. Yeah, we both looked at him and went, fuck, that's that's Data, isn't it? We're like, oh, oh no. Oh my god, that's Data. Oh no. They got paid. They got paid. <laughs> I, again, he's still the best actor in this movie. Yes. Easily. Long shot. Yes, he's Easily. the only one that cares. Absolutely, 100%. So... Dana Carvey uh, shows up doing a really bad Scarface impression, including, say hello to my little friend, and he holds up a racist shrunken head just so that he could do the say hello to my little friend so joke. He even does the, it's yeah. from uh, Stupid Noises, which is, you know, a place. Uh, it's so racist. Yeah, he, he does a little so racist. Like when I was watching this, the with thing my friends, that I liked about this. When I was watching this, oh. with my friends, real quick, I gotta say, like, we did not get that this was a Scarface impression until like two minutes into it when That's it starts fair. Uh, fair. Like it was yeah. that yeah. bad of an impression. It's really bad. The thing, the thing for me is, I was like, oh, I don't know if I should be offended by this or not. And then he s- pulled up a shrunken head and started going on a tirade about that. And I was like, oh, sick, I can be offended. <laughs> Yeah, oh, thanks! Thanks for clarifying. I wasn't sure if I was if I should feel bad yet, but now I'm sure. Thank now you. Now I know. He it also he carries the head really awkwardly for the rest of the scene, and it's never brought up again. 
So like Where did it, he just get ideas that? he was trying to distract him with like a rare good to buy or steal or something. Yeah, but, it, but like, they don't even manage that. Yeah, like, just no. to sell trying that. to go, like steal or like find information or whatever. So he's trying to distract data with this shit. But yeah, so Jennifer's sneaking around. Um, there's a shot of her waiting for two dudes to come down the stairs and like hiding. And there's an 80 yard line where they're like, Yeah, that dog, Scooby-Doo, he was totally CG. And the other guy's like I don't believe you. That's completely ridiculous. So so the thing is, the Scooby-Doo movie came out literally two months before this movie. It came out in June 2002. This movie came out in August of 2002. So they ADR'd <laughs> this in like a month before it went out. They were so desperate for a joke. Was it same? Like, it's not the same production company because this is Happy Sandler and I doubt that no, the Scooby-Doo no, one No, was. totally different company. Huh. They just... I like to do an impression of a hit film Shrek for you. <laughs> That's true. Um, but like Scooby was like two months before, so this is like edited in after they've so, done all the shooting. So you know, they just needed one more joke, bro. Sure did. Um, they cut back to Dana Carvey, who like a waiter comes up to him and offers him some food, and he does the no, I don't want that shit. The do you got a little wiener and some tiny nuts? I could tell just by looking at you that you are the tiny a little wiener and some tiny nuts. And like, it goes on for a really fucking long time for this kids movie joke. Let me be honest, like, I've never seen Scarface. That's fair. So I'm sitting here being like, is this, is this a reference beyond him just being that person? I mean, it's a reference to him saying dick and balls. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. That's the level of yeah. humor. I'm like, I like, I like, I knew this had to be a reference, right? Because otherwise, why would he say it like two times? But I'm like, no, I, honestly, I don't understand could, this. They could have improved this scene by just having Dana Carvey going face down in like a mound of cocaine. <laughs> you sure he wasn't? God, maybe. No, he didn't have the energy. If he, if he was on the would. True, true. Yeah, he, he was yeah, definitely yeah. on a depressant. Yeah, 100%. There is no point in this film where Dana Carvey would be really excited to tell me about his good idea for a business. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> yep. Um, so, at this point, Data has left and he catches Jennifer snooping, but he's just hitting on her. I feel so bad for just everything about this. We get an extended uh, bad dancing scene to, uh, God, what is it, fucking Conga by Gloria Estefan, um, where he's just on the stage doing moves, and like every time that it does a backflip or a spin or some shit, it's really obviously a stunt double, and then it cuts to like the top half of his body, and he wiggles his fingers a little bit. I, I think this- what kills me is that we've after seeing the credits, it's clear that this scene was actually like, Two minutes longer than what's in this movie. Oh, yeah. It goes and on too long it. and they cut it. Yeah. Also, the stunt double likes it. doing the same like backflip front flip thing going on. Yes. It's, it just goes. I mean, I've gotten the notes. I'm really starting to see why this movie killed Dana Carvey's career entirely. It's, it's so <laughs> like, painful to sit through. The thing, too, is it's like, yeah, it, again, I don't want to come off as like being ages or nothing, but like, damn, you can't be writing this shit when you're 47. No. You can't write, do a backflip, man. It's funny to yourself. It's too old for this part. It's funny you brought up this killed Dana Carvey's career because I looked up the Wikipedia page after this, and like in his career section, they have early career, Saturday Night Live, after Saturday Night Live. After Master of the Skies. So this was like <laughs> the capstone like, of his Demarcated. career. Demarcated. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Uh, Data tells his bodyguards to get Dana Carvey 
But Dana Carvey runs away and disguises himself as the fisherman oh, from this Jaws. This scene is so I would bad. like to ask the two of you, how long is this scene? Oh my god, it feels like it's 15 minutes. <laughs> the thing is, I know it's too long because I sat there and it took me a while to get what he was even trying to do. Like, it yeah. felt like, I was like, yeah. is this supposed to be Jaws or is yeah. this supposed to be like a deliverance it, it thing? Or like, like what, Jaws, what is he public doing? domain, the music, like it was close to Jaws, but not yes. Jaws. So like, I knew what they were going for, Did but like, it was just a bad impression. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I turned to you. Was long was enough like... for me to think about it, try and figure out what it was, and then piece together that it, in fact, was Jaws. And then the scene was still going. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I turned to him and was like, is this, is this Jaws reference? Like, this is Jaws, right? And it just kept going. And, and he's, it, it's like he's mumbling, and the, the bodyguards are like, what? what are you talking about? And he's shark? just like, and the shark goes in the water, and then the well, they start, kids it, go It reaches in. the point. After there's like two exchanges, he literally isn't speaking anything. Like, yeah, it's he not starts subtitled like, yeah, because he's just making noises. Because going, it was funny when the guy had the voice in Jaws, wasn't it? And um, um, so, yeah, if you want to know, uh, my guess is, my guess is, first, let's do it, Kubo. We're guessing Jeopardy rules. Uh, if you go over, you bust. That's not <laughs> yeah, Jeopardy. Yeah. You want to guess first? Price is right. <laughs> Jeopardy rules. Yeah, just like Jeopardy. Price is right. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I've been talking about Master of Disguise for almost two hours. I'm a little fucking tired. Man. Hey, I'm five fingers into this whiskey, so uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 fair, fair, fair. I'm gonna guess uh, this goes on for three minutes. Ooh, I'm gonna say or you say three one, you bastard. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna say uh, a minute and uh, thirty five seconds. It is a minute and fifteen seconds. Oh, that gives you a, like that was an honest guess there. I thought yeah, this went no, three minutes. No, I completely yeah. believe no, you. When the thing is, he did the timestamp and he went fifty one oh eight to fifty two whatever it was. I'm like, did you say fifty oh eight? Because I'm like, there's no way. It's just a minute fifty six, a minute fifteen. I'm like, no, there's no way. I had to go back and check the set, the first timestamp before yeah. she believed me. I didn't, I didn't believe him that it was only a minute and fifteen. I didn't. It this is one of the most painful things that I have ever, ever watched in a movie. It's uh, like so again, Dana Carvey can't do impressions, and this is like watching someone be forced to do an impression. Well, no, because watching someone who's bad at impressions and knows they're bad at impressions be forced to do impressions is hysterical. It's funny yes. every time. Yeah, but this is someone who's bad at impressions but thinks they're really good at impressions who won't stop doing one when everyone yep. in the room is going, Dana, please, Cut man, Cut come it. on. Uh, so the bodyguards catch him. Um, he rows away and they go into a field and almost set up a good joke because there's two cows in this field. The, the bodyguards run up and one of them's like, ah, stepped in a cow pie. And they walk away and it turns out he's not the cow. He's the cow shit. Um, <laughs> That's an then, allegory for this movie. <laughs> but, but then he stands up. He, he stands, stands up, up, takes his mask off. And the instead of ending the scene, the guys turn around and it's like, wait a second. And then they start chasing him and start playing the second song that was written specifically for this movie. Is this the rock one? Yes, he's the master of disguise, and you never recognize. And like, yeah, they have like a a fucking Scooby Doo ass chase scene of him like going through the city, and then he like disguises himself by putting a newspaper up in the bus stop, and it's 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 terrible. It's a really bad montage. And then he's just then he's not caught, so 
Yeah. It was pointless. Sure was. Oh, God. Um, we cut to Data's house again. So, like, that whole chase sequence that was inserted there happened in about five minutes, I guess. He's pretending to be a German tax assessor because it was really funny when the offspring did the thing at the start of uh, Pretty Fly for a White Guy. That's my best guess. That also was early 2000s, wasn't it? I think it was. I'm pretty yeah, sure Pretty Fly for a White Guy was right around high school. Oh, yeah. And I that have must that have been like yeah. 2000 or 2001. Yeah, you're right. Yep. yep. Teenager stuff. Um, Data's hitting on Jennifer. He's also suspicious of her. So I think he's like Susporny. Susporny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like that Susporny. That close yeah, to Schluter as one of my favorite like permutation <laughs> words. <laughs> um, they come back to the front door and now he's a, now David Carvey's a James Bond guy doing a bunch of British jokes. He's doing like but... an MI6 impression or the Scotland yes. Yarders. I don't even remember. I was so angry at this point in the movie. Yeah, yeah. He, he talks about like Charleston shoes and stuff. It's, it's, it, it, it's Yes, uh, yep. Pip, hip, ho, ho. I'm British. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bring Bong top of the Benjamin to you. Like, it's so bad. And it goes it on. It's not even. For a bit. <laughs> He doesn't even take the... This motherfucker doesn't even say crumpets. Like, come on. If you're going to do a shitty British thing, at least say crumpet in a funny voice, dude. Damn. No. <laughs> they they leave. Like, he, Data lets him and Jennifer leave and then is like, follow them. But then nothing really comes of that. Uh, we cut to a bar where they figured out that Data is using his dad to steal all of the... Just whatever. I feel that if he had stolen the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution, whatever the fuck it was, like that would have made the news, right? Like, nah, no, no one noticed. Not. Michael Johnston just Michael yeah, Johnston just it. took it for a run. He borrowed it. Um, Dana Carvey spills water all over Trent, who is there with Sophia, um, because of course he's an awful, horrible shit monster. Because how else are you gonna like Dana Carvey in a romantic role? Right. That's the thing. When you have a shitty guy. And you know the woman's gonna end up with him. You know that the guy she's currently seeing has to be an absolute fucking monster. In yep. order to make this guy, who is objectively a piece of shit, look good in comparison. Yep. Um, Jennifer's like, Trent, how could you say that to Pistachio and also see another woman on the side? Um, we finally get an extended slapping scene that we everyone was demanding ever since we had our slap setups. <laughs> 20 minutes ago. Thinking about the um, uh, best choreographed fight scenes of all time. We got like Drunken Master 2. We have uh, Master of the Skies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think that's about it, actually. Master of the Flying Guillotine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, he steals Trent's credit cards for some reason. I, and... Okay, this scene didn't make any sense to me because like they slow-mo show him like grab his wallet and look at the credit cards and it never comes up again. Nope. No! He pockets them! I think um, so, yeah. And Sophia is super into it with the big ass. Uh, you know? And he just, then the he scene just, ends. No, no, no. No, there's a couple more things. He just rejects her. Oh, shit, right. No, oh, no, I was so on, dead at this he's, point. He's walking out, and the jock waiter from earlier is like, hey, pistachio. So pistachio just shoves him over. Because he's so cool oh, now. He's so cool now. While he's having Jennifer yeah. on one arm, she's looking lovingly at him, and I'm like, oh, my God, kill me. <laughs> That does happen. Yeah. We cut to Data and, and uh, Fabrizio stealing the Apollo lunar module dressed as Jessica Simpson. Oh, and they oh, play, God, they play some of our song. This pissed me off because <laughs> they steal the Apollo 11 lunar module. And, like, it shows on the back of this, like, fucking pickup truck or whatever, the entire fucking full thing. 
that's on the moon. Power gets on the moon, half and the other half gone. of it's crashed on the moon. So yeah. you just stole a replica, which is worthless. So great, yep. good job. But but we're gonna need it for the climax. Don't <laughs> but worry. Yes, they play a Jessica Simpson song as she's like driving away with a lunar module, and we things. get another shot in the exact same cameo car of her being like, Ugh. "We get a really bad CG mask rip here." Yeah. And then yet another laughing fart joke. I think literally like laughs, just like he's gonna get away with it. And then farts at the end, and the music cuts. And uh, all right, that's over. Uh, we cut to Jennifer confessing that she's ac- that pistachio is actually amazing, despite the fact that she's a weirdo. Uh, they have such chemistry. He says that, she, that she's small, but he says that he, he sexually her harasses her, but in a good way this time. Says her butt small. And she actually takes it well, and they kiss, and uh, he fucks it up anyway. Uh, It's gross. It's awful. We knew it was coming because she's the woman in the film. She had to get with Pistachio. I'm trying to think if there's like any happy Sandler production like female leads that don't get the raw end of the stick. No, no, there there isn't. As far as I know, it can't be. Um, and at the end of the shot, uh, the car that I think is Bowman's rolls up at the end of it and ominous music plays, but we don't actually get to see anything. I actually didn't see that. You didn't even notice it? I just thought like in the next scene, she's kidnapped. Oh, oh, and also the camera pans up and, uh, the dog's in the window of her house. Yeah, I remember the dog. I don't remember the well, yeah, car. They, do something about the <laughs> they dog, don't like... know whose dog it is. No, they don't. That's why I thought it was the kid's dog. <laughs> yeah, doesn't like the dog see someone get kidnapped and not do anything? <laughs> something like that. Teeny tiny wee dog. Who knows? Barely. It's a good boy. Um. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So. Now we're on the roof again. The narrator basically goes like, and then Jennifer got kidnapped. So we hard cut to the ball spinning in bad CG and it's really awful bubble image of the grandfather being face being summoned to speak. And he's like, like I'm talking sub spy kids. One seat. Yes. yes. This looks like they, Power I feel Rangers like they bullshit. stole this from spy kids. Legitimately. It's the MacGuffin that granddad gave him. Here's something that doesn't make any sense. Cause granddad was in the movie like 30 minutes ago and he shows yep. up in the movie 10 minutes from now, but now they have to yeah. summon him on the ball orb thing. Yep. He had to fuck off because of the prophecy. <laughs> The prophecy, Kubo. The prophecy. <laughs> Can't forget the How prophecy. How could you forget the prophecy? Again, I'm That's not so sure embarrassing, I this movie. dude. That's so <laughs> you're canceled. You forgot the prophecy, you idiot. I, I, in my notes are. I think I can see exactly when the budget for reshoots ran out. Um, <laughs> reshoots. They didn't budget. This <laughs> is take one, and they're good. It doesn't. Nothing that happens in this scene matters. We cut to. Possibly the settiest looking Wait, set that I, I have ever have seen. Have we done the bit where the kid comes up? Oh, the, right. Barney yeah, shows up. The kid goes up and the grandma's like, hey, hey, I'm talking here. Get the fuck out, kid. And the kid's like, well, my mom got kidnapped. And and Sasha's like, well, what will I disguise myself as? And I guess the kid gives him the idea for what's about to happen. Yeah, like the kid, they, 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 the grandma's like, whisper it to him. We don't know who's listening. Like, it's us, the audience. We're the ones who are listening that they have to they look at the hide, camera. hide this from. Um, so yeah, the kid whispers in the ear and he's like, it's just so crazy, it just might work. Because that was a really funny joke. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we cut to possibly the settiest looking set that I have ever seen, where Data is auctioning off all the stuff that he stole. And there's a sign that 
My brain interprets it as Comic Sans, but it probably wasn't. It's definitely painted on. That was Black Mark. This is Black Mark eBay. And I'm like, that's almost a joke. It's, it's almost a joke. It's not quite there. I feel it's like the pun joke. isn't quite that, that's there. That's like 40% max there as a joke. Yeah. Like, they gotta work stop that for a while. That joke yeah. only works if the E in eBay stands for it. Like yeah. ET. That's the only way this joke works, and it yep. doesn't. It's I, for I feel electronic. Like making a pun around black market and an online selling is something you could make funny, but they they don't. They get don't there. do any they of the work. They don't get there. I'm just. And like, I'm so bored at this point. I'm pirate looking at this being like, I think Ooh, I could make a joke. Now we're Yeah. Yeah, pirate eBay. That's a yeah. good joke because it's yeah, it works on a couple levels as opposed to black mark electronic bay, which is not. <laughs> that's not a joke. Fuck. Yep. And it's, oh god, this movie's still rolling downhill. Yeah. Um, Data's sitting at a table with the seller, and there's I got really freaked out by the mask of his own <laughs> head behind him because they, they they're setting it up, but it needs to be a bit more out of focus if you're gonna do this as like the director of photography here, because it really draws the eye before they actually reveal that it is actually a mask of his face. Yeah, he's telling me, is that a mask of his face? What? I was really confused yeah. by this. Um, but it turns out it's to disguise Fabrizio as his, to, to, as himself, as Data, so that he can fake his own death, and I don't this even care. This is the care. most ill-conceived plan. Like, yep. the autopsy guy would just not notice that there's a mask on this dude's face after a, he... A latex mask. Yeah, fell yeah, into the, the ocean seller, or whatever. The seller's like, oh, you're going to sell him? And he's like, no, I'm going to do the perfect crime of, like, uh, pretending I killed Have myself. Have you never heard of it? It's called The Perfect Crime, which is <laughs> almost a joke. Once again, yep. you're like talking to someone about your plan and being like, it's the perfect crime. Have you never heard of it? <laughs> of course, everyone loves this one. And again, like, God bless Data, almost manages to make scenes I watchable. Forgot, who is the yep. buyer in this scene? Like, it's one of those guys. That I, I know who he's, yeah. he's married yeah, yeah. to Barbara Streisand, but I don't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, like, this black chef guy like, so was like, would you like some cherry pie, Bowman? It, it's like in a really... Mr. Bowman? It's like, I don't know. The voice is really weird. You want some cherry pie? Like, they're trying to do this weird southern thing, and I'll be honest, this is the part where my heart dropped, and I was like, please don't do blackface. Like... <laughs> 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 Come yeah. on. And, but like, but we, then luckily on. we are we saved so from that. Far, like, come on. And <laughs> but, the yeah. one thing they don't do is black they don't face. do like, blackface. They do brown face, but they do uh, draw. I will the only line go to this shade. It's not, it's not yeah. racist if I only go to this shade. <laughs> oh my so, yeah. god. It sucks so bad. So the guy is like but the I guy just they puts, were gonna, I was worried they were going to do it again. And I think the worst part is, and the part, sorry, the point I was trying to make is, I think they knew that our fear of blackface was like, like they play it as comedy. Yes. That's the only way I can explain this guy being here. Yes. Is that they were like, we're going to fake out and make him think that he was doing blackface. But instead (laughs) he's a pie man, which. It's like premeditated blackface, which is just worse. Yes. Yeah, yep. they put the pie in the corner, and it's like a comically large pie. I don't even know where this pie, this pie looks pie fake as hell. From. By the yep. way, yes, it is just a soup with a giant conveyor under it, with with a giant cart under it, and a drape over it, so that Dana Carvey can pull himself out of the pie. And I'm so sorry, dude. You can't do physical comedy anymore. You're 47. 
This pie, ah, is, this pie is not it's a terrifying. standard like foot long, like foot wide, I should say. Pie. It's a pie shit. that a man could get through. Yeah, it's <laughs> like you know three ish feet across. It's not real. Also, the dog shows up. Yeah, the Why dog also dog comes here? through the dog door. The dog is here so that the dog can look at the uh, door. The, the, the dog, so that the dog can look at him coming out of the pie and then faint. Yeah, I'm not. That's the only reason no, the dog. Why is they, the fucking dog okay. in a secret? You want me to drop a theory? Option. You want me to drop a theory yes. on you? Yes. The dog was actually supposed to be kidnapped. Ah. The reason the dog was supposed to be kidnapped is because the grandfather literally says, "Do you want to get your mom, your dad, and the happiness back?" In a <laughs> scene earlier. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. In, in Before so, the what, when, how. There was supposed yeah, to be a scene, scene where both Jennifer yeah. and the dog were napped. Okay, that's why the dog's there. Okay. Good job, continuity but, director. <laughs> and and it, like it should be mentioned that they. It's very clear that he was meant to be in there because he was originally kidnapped, but. They also edited a scene in of the dog coming in through a fucking dog door. Window, which doesn't, yeah, it makes, so it like, makes no it, sense. Again, they must have shot all of the original end scenes with thinking the dog was kidnapped. And they did a shot of him fall, of the dog falling over because it's very funny and there's even bloopers of it. Um, but that's why that happens. There you go. I, I, yeah. Meanwhile. Yeah, I was trying to fix the movie there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> literally. Meanwhile, uh, the narrator tells us that Jennifer was being forced to Vanna White all of the treasures in the world, and we get a quick shot of- Oh, wait, hold up, hold up. We didn't talk about- no, bullshit. We are talking about the fact that the outfit they have him in, it looks like- it's like- just a bodysuit covered in like gross red orbs that I guess are supposed to be cherries, and it just- it looks like some like weird like body horror shit. Yeah. It's yes. really gross. It's horrifying. And it's probably and the, the best costume in the entire movie. And it makes no sense either. Like, yep. why would he need to be? He's just in the pie. Why would he need to be dressed as cherry? And yeah, then like they have a scene where agents start chasing him and going, "It's Cherry Pie Man, get him!" And he like shoots cherries, cherries out of them. his mouth. Which, okay, so he can inhibit the bodies and abilities of other people. By becoming them. So, can he become theoretical people? Because Ooh. Cherry Pie Man, I feel like, That's not has a man. no precedent. Yeah, <laughs> but he clearly man. has gained... Yeah, but he has clearly gained the abilities of this theoretical Cherry Pie Man. Because <laughs> he manages to shoot cherries in such a way that it knocks a man unconscious when it hits him in the head. So... Is this actually a superpower? Is Master of Disguise a superhero film? Dude, that's energy. Yes. Yeah, my TED Talk. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's a superhero film. <laughs> uh, superhero origin story coming right after Steel. <laughs> Same cinematic universe. Um, so, sorry, I, I'm sorry that I missed that because that is very important. Um, but now Jennifer is Vanna Whiting the treasures of the world, which is told to us by the narrator because the editor is crying at this point. Um, Dana Carvey gets caught. Jennifer turns the camera on Data and Jana Carvey. Um, Kenan Thompson shows up, like, just watching the black market auction. That's the whole thing is they actually cut between three different groups of people yes. who are walking, watching the black market auction. And it's like, I can't remember who the first group is. It's Keenan Thompson and one of his friends. And then it's some like, like Mongolian dudes or something. Mongolian dudes in yeah. like a yurt. Uh, the first one's some Germans. Yeah. yeah the German oh, dudes. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're they're not even half jokes at that point. Keenan gets a feature credit, despite the fact yeah. that he shows up for a grand total of two minutes. He totally does. Um, so then uh we start a fight scene with some ninjas, and they wrote a third song for this movie. This was the pop song, right? Yeah. Or is that the rock one? Yes. I know the first one was the rap. No, this one. is the pop one, okay. I believe. And this is the pop yeah, yeah, one, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, then there's just a fight scene. And with a really obvious stuntman doing flips and shit uh, with these ninjas, because Data's like, I summon ninjas, and they do a the, the big fight, and it doesn't fit at all. Oh, no, he slapped me silly, they say. Also, it's like, it doesn't even look good. Like, no. it's just like Dana Carvey, like, limply slapping at dudes yep. and then them pretending to get thrown. And, like, it's not even play... There, okay, physical comedy is not the highest form of comedy. <laughs> that being said, there is still an art to physical comedy. Yes, yeah. Like, sure. you can oh, God, fall yeah. down in a way that is much funnier than someone who falls down. Like, and Dana Carvey should fucking know better. He should know how to make <laughs> slapping a guy funny. It's, yep. not, it's not hard. If nothing then, else, I feel that, like, at the time, he could have gone to Adam Sandler, who knew other people that were way better at right. physical comedy than he was, and, like, right. took some notes or something. I t- I just don't know. Um, it's also worth mentioning that you get a mini baby racism here because one of the guys does like a, if you've ever seen the pilot of Venture Brothers, it's like that level of bad racist Asian voice. He slapped me silly. Yeah. Like, it's, you could easily miss this, but it's like, ooh, oh dear. Um, Data then tries to threaten him with with the mom with like another widescreen TV shot of the hands coming out of the flower. But then mom grabs the hands and like slams them on the table and the hands faint. And she says, <laughs> no more caramel corn. Um, with maybe slightly less Irish accent. I might have imagined it. I don't know. It, Who knows? it makes no sense because there's no scene of her like realizing learning. that the caramel corn was drugs no, or like she, learning she it learn. or like she being hasn't been aware. in the movie yeah she's been no gone for the past, they just well, i want to say like hour but it's probably more like three it minutes. only feels that way <laughs> three minutes i don't know um grandpa shows up and they start to celebrate but data then is like data's like but i have one more trick it's your own father! And he runs away farting like five or six times. Like, ah, ha, ha, yes. Ah, <laughs> this, is the, this is the first major payoff. And again, cannot overstate the finger quotes I'm doing right now. Major yeah. payoff of the recurring farting bit. There is a second payoff later. Again, the finger quotes really doing work here. <laughs> so which, which one, this one or the next one, do you think got voted as the nominee for the best <laughs> fart of the year? I thought it was the one It has the to be the last one for sure. The last one has the is definitely the one. Has big bombastic fart energy. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so Grandpa says that Fabrizio has gone to the dark side of Energico. Uh... And Dana Carvey literally says, it's just like, there's a dark side, just like Star Doesn't Wars. look at the camera here? Yes. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, remember Star Wars? I don't. They made too many of them now. I just <laughs> don't remember them anymore. <laughs> and then, They've been and then removed he, from my he brain. He goes to his dad, he's like, dad, let's, let's get out, take off the mask, and let's go to Olive Garden, forgetting <laughs> that they own an Italian restaurant? 
Olive Garden is where you get the pristine Italian eating. Taco Bell, Taco Bell, <laughs> this, Taco Bell. Like it is. This might be the funniest in, product placement you know, I've ever seen in a this movie. This also might be offensive to Italians. <laughs> <laughs> Insinuating an happened. Italian would ever eat at right? Olive Garden might actually be the most insulting thing you can say. Yep. Yeah, I I have never been to an Olive Garden, and I don't imagine that's ever going to. Because my family will never take you to an Listen, Olive Garden. Listen, if you get a Darren gift. Yeah. You could get a lot of food for twenty dollars if you do the soup salad and breadstick combo, which is I'm, only nine ninety nine. I'm sorry, but Vince's family has a lot of Italian heritage. We will eat at Applebee's before we eat at Olive Garden. <laughs> what? Okay. What about Sizzler? <laughs> what about what about Red Lobster? I've been to a Red Lobster before. Haven't been to an Olive Garden. Mm. Incredible. Um, <laughs> So they start climbing the lunar lander. Dad's like, brainwashed. I'm he not, thinks he's I'm Data. I'm not your dad. I'm Bowman. And he's Data's hamming it up pretty hard right now. Yeah, he's having a fun time pretending he's not him. Pretending he's him. Yeah. Um, Dana's hanging off the lunar lander, and he puts his underwear back on the head for the ultimate callback. And I, why am I uh, even? He does at one point go, "Oh, stuck in my crack." Yeah. Which, uh, because yeah. you see him pull his underwear out when he's hanging from a ledge. By the that's way, he's comedy. hanging from the edge of the top of the lunar lander, which is maybe a ten foot drop. Yeah, yeah, it's not really. He could have just uh, fallen. Yep. It's it's not threatening mm-hmm. at all. Everything also, in this movie, it's, it's a Star Wars reference as well. Like yes. the yes. bad guy yeah. standing above him, hanging one it. hand yeah. on the ledge. Yeah, yeah. you say it's not threatening, but say... he is forty eight. So you know, <laughs> true. <laughs> I might, uh, might roll an ankle. Hey. Notable restraint from uh, from the writing team to not have there be like a doo doo stripe on the underwear for the record, <laughs> or, like a pea stain. It's I'm just clean pair. underwear. Yeah, that's more of like that that's where Dana Carvey draws the line. <laughs> I'll do a lot of things. I'll do brown face, but I won't doo doo my underwear. <laughs> you can't make me. So we get this really great CGI transformation from Data's face back to Papa Fabrizio. It's real bad. It it's oh boy so bad it does it in stages as well yep. like it's like halfway in between it's so bad it looks like the and cover the one movie was like ends. animorph books yes and, and then the movie ends the movie ends yeah the grandpa literally narrates so we freed mama Jennifer became Mrs Disguisey and Barney got the papa. Finally, Pistachio became a master of disguise as they slow mo walk away from the lunar module. Oh my fucking god! But yeah, the, the movie's not savage. over though. It's still got like fifteen minutes left because they have like yes, the epilogue the, the, and then they have the credits. Like, it, yeah, it like hits as hard left, yeah. as that one famous movie ending where a guy like shoots him with a rocket out of his sleeve <laughs> yes. and it just shows the ending. And it's like that, except there's more movie afterwards, so they yeah, we, didn't have to fucking do it. Yeah, we were like, how, we were like, there's eleven minutes left, but you just you just ended your movie. What? You've ended your movie in the most abrupt way possible, with the narrator literally telling you, so we tied up all of these loose plot points. But there's still one thing left to do. We cut to quote-unquote Costa Rica, where Data (laughs) is... He's on a beach. He's he's in a a resort. (laughs) Yes. He's he's in a resort at the pool, sipping on a pina colada. Um, And And some lady goes, oh, it's President Bush. (laughs) Dana Carvey is doing a President Bush impression that I cannot believe I'm saying this is insulting to George yeah. W. Bush. He did this yes. back during like, when W. was in office and he was on SNL. Here's the thing that kills me, too, is like, 
there were a lot of other comedians at the time doing like really rock solid George Bush impressions. Like, dude, you couldn't really like, I can't imagine you getting away with a George Bush impression this fucking bad and being like, yeah, this is fine. This works. This when, is how we end our movie. Well, like Frank Caliendo was doing it and like, <laughs> say what you will. It's Pretty good Bush. Dude, the George Bush impersonator in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle 2 is better than this George Bush impression. I am willing to state that on the record. That's because they actually spent the money for the Bush impersonator in Harold and Kumar 2, a high-budget movie. (laughs) Yes, because Harold and Kumar had integrity. (laughs) They wanted to get the finest Bush impersonator. (laughs) Um, So Data's like... uh, Get him, get him, my minions, but it turns out the minions are actually Grandpa and Papa Fabrizio, and they all start doing, like, a whole bunch of callback jokes from earlier in the movie that weren't actually jokes, until Data gets so freaked out by it that they, like, just push him into the pool. Yeah, they impression him to death. Yes. Um, he, I feel like he has, like, a heart attack and falls in the pool... And at this point, we're like, oh, he's dead. And then the movie goes like, is he dead? And then it does this titanic, like, fart noise, bubbles in the pool thing. And Base cannon. Two or three just, like, random people. An cannon out of the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Go like, oh, that's so embarrassing that's and smelly. Stinky. And everyone laughs, and that's your cut to the credits. Okay, there we go. That was the Wait, thought. That was nominated. No, it's not. They do, they do one other thing, which is father... Son and grandfather take turns putting their hands in the middle one at a time. Yeah. And they go, who's your daddy? daddy? Because they needed to remind you. They were convinced that was a joke. They had (laughs) no jokes. So yeah, we still have eight and a half minutes left. We also still have about 13 lines of notes. (laughs) We'll probably get to talk about it more as well because there's no way we talked about like everything that was No, no. Um, so, oh, there's a wedding scene. So the credits start, they start doing all of the, uh, main credits. Keenan Thompson is in there, as mentioned, for some reason, for the two seconds he was he, in the film. He was big enough that they had to put him as, like... Keenan and Kel was pretty popular. Yeah. Why was he in it? Why this movie? You, why would you do this? Paycheck, baby. Paycheck, yeah. <laughs> Paycheck, Adam baby. Sandler yeah, was cutting absolutely. them checks. God. Um, they include the cheapest looking wedding that I feel like was shot on like a hand cam because it isn't even this, like full Cinescope. This somehow is cheaper than Paul Blart Mall Cop's credit wedding scene. Yes. yes. It's worse. Yes. It's worse. They it, it is literally like VHS quality of like, and now I pronounce you married and also you a master of disguise. And then we start getting to the cutting room floor jokes. Is is the master of the skies like an accredited position? Does he need to go through some sort of like guild or like apprenticeship in order to get it? Does he need to have... I think there's a bit of nepotism in it. Mm. Because it is just one family. It's true. And it's magic, allegedly. It's not magic, it's energicio. Um, So we get a whole bunch of costumes that didn't really make it into the film, including a Groucho Marx impression. A caveman yeah. that had a set and includes what my notes say is YouTube poop level CG <laughs> of him being eaten by a T-Rex. It's real like, bad. We yeah. need to get a gif of that because it looks incredible. All of these, um, like, get, I was trying to, like, while watching these credits as an aside, I was trying to figure out, like, where in the movie these were supposed where? to be. So, yeah, where okay, here we go. None of these were meant to be in the movie. 
they're, they all take place in the, like, mansion set that's, like, Data's house. Which means that one of the days they were shooting at that house, they just put him in a bunch of costumes. Yeah. Some, like, like, there's a couple that were, like, clearly in scenes in the film, but most of the rest were just, like, let's just dress him up as whatever we have around. Um, like, we got Bob Ross, we got Russell Crowe in Gladiator, uh, we got Forrest Gump in the hobo disguise. We do have him in the turtle suit playing drums. So does that mean that on the darkest day in our country's history, Dana Carvey played drums as a gag for a blooper reel? I feel yes. that like somewhere, like dramatic irony-wise, there is a god, and that is the rim shot for all of comedy as a whole. <laughs> I, I do observing know. a moment, observing a moment of silence for 9/11 in the middle of filming the blooper reel Turtle Club drum scene. <laughs> almost rather have it when he got eaten by that dinosaur. And when he was in the caveman outfit and there was just an animatronic dinosaur that he got known by. Just have a moment of silence while Dana Carvey's inside that animatronic's mouth getting murdered. Oh, like every single um, one of these scenes is painful to watch. Like it's yeah. obvious why these were cutting room floor scenes but at the same time they needed the fill time so badly that they put it in the credits. Yeah. Cannot overstate, these are scenes that weren't good enough for the Master of Disguise. It's yep. fucked. <laughs> yep. There's um one where he's doing, like, a wacky toy guy, and that is was clearly meant to be an actual scene in the auction yes, for, like, it, the Antiques Roadshow. There's a couple of bits of this toy guy which were not shot in that mansion. They were clearly shot on another set. There's one of, like, the no, the yo-yo, which fails because, oh, there must be a no-yo. And it was clear there was this toy and auction also, that got cut completely from the movie. And, yeah, like, Jennifer's in a different outfit, too. And, yep. like, the like everyone's in different outfits and it's a completely unused set. Yeah, clearly was supposed to be something in the film. And then I, I think we have to talk about the scene that we know was originally supposed to be the climax yeah. of the film. Because it so is this- the culmination of a running joke they've had and then just dropped completely. Yeah, I, I am willing to bet this and the other scenes related to it were what were hit by uh, the censors, like review board yeah. for in the censors. Yeah, for like giving it a rating and this would have put it like above being TV arable or something. So yeah. they just immediately like cut all of it because, yeah, it's a extended scene that was clearly supposed to be where the super lazy ninja fight took yep. place which in retrospect explains why the ninja as soon fight as is we so saw fucking it, bad we were yeah. like oh they had to fill time that's why it was so bad because yeah it's just ladies with comedically large asses is, trying to hypnotize him this is like and the then same like, scene from austin powers with the ladies with the rocket machine gun titties or whatever yes yes except they got yeah. giant asses yep you know, it was just a bunch of ladies with big asses waving them at pistachio. And you he's know, like succumbing around. I was like, oh no, the biggest weakness of, Pist- of uh, Disguisey. But oh, it turns out his love for Jennifer is stronger than big ass. Love is thicker than your behinds. I, is literally what he says. I don't think we've given enough time to his Oedipus complex. Because like he obviously has a desire to, with, uh, to date women with big asses because of his mother. And like the there's film no literally says it. There's no word reason for, for this to be yeah. in the movie, like character-wise, like other than he likes big asses. Like why? I, I I think it's 
like, because Granddad also likes the big asses, I think disguises just like big asses. And that's meant to be and this that, funny running joke. That's why Mom thing. is a big ass um, lady, because his dad is also into big butts. And I should mention that at the end of the big butt scene, they literally cut to one of the bodyguards hitting a gong. Yeah. yeah like, I fucking like just no selling I got so fucking mad, because it's like, no, you can't be like, haha, we had to cut this from the film, too. And then put it in your fucking credits reel. Yeah, they put it in anyway. It's like... <sighs> can't get too ah, angry. <laughs> and then they keep going on. There's one where he's just like in a Dracula cape and he turns around and he doesn't say anything. Like, these are the jokes that couldn't even make the first half of the credits real. <laughs> but it just keeps going. Yeah, you have in the notes the fucking... So they... At the end of the credits reel, they got the... Uh, they got a scene of Dana Carvey like sitting next to that. Uh, what is it? The he's in the restaurant the with dummy. the punching dummy. Yeah, the punching dummy. The punching robot. Yeah, yeah the Mokuji. And so, like, the punching dummy like makes a noise or something. He opens up the back of it, and inside of it, this like this little dwarf person comes out. And this guy is dressed like Mario. He's got like the red shirt and suspenders, and and a mustache. Yeah, and then like the guy slaps him a bunch and then runs away. And that's the joke. There is nothing else. No, and it's the, we. T- this yeah. has been like Austin Powers kind of level of energy. Yeah, like, like they, they were had just trying a, to pull that. They had like mini me yep. Austin Powers, so they felt like they needed to have a dwarf person in this. Yep. Well, um, here you go. Do you want to know why this scene is in the film? Because when the credits reel stops, the film is at an hour and 18 minutes. This scene goes for two whole minutes of him just chasing around a little person like... Yeah, like they chase this little person and the little person chases him and then they're sitting on a couch and Dana Carvey's like, the movie's over. Go yeah, they home. straight up break the fourth wall here. <laughs> and then like it goes and then the little person's like, no, no, I, I want to say goodbye. So they're like, okay, fade up, fade up. And then they both say goodbye. And then that hits exactly <laughs> 80 minutes. And now it's a feature length movie and we're done. Well, the movie was it's 70 so minutes, and our podcast is now at 2 hours and 20 minutes, so we have talked for double the run length of this movie. We sure did, baby. <laughs> this movie yeah. is so bad. I saw some people say it's, like, so bad. Like, it's one of their favorite bad films. I can't. I there's can't no energy. There, there's nothing no. enjoyable about how bad this film is. I gotta, there's no camp. Honest. There's no joy. There's no, like... Like, a lot of bad movies are fun because there's, like, a certain high camp element to it. Yeah. Like... You know, anything, um, you know, Brian Blessed is in where everything sucks around him, but he's Brian Blessed, so he's a joy to watch. Like Tim that Curry, kind of thing. joint watch. Tim in Curry, every exactly. Film. Tim Curry has yeah. like acting chops, though, so yes. I feel that's unfair to compare well, him. Mean, it's like, it, like, they're bad movies, but there's reasons you can like them yeah. that make sense. Like yeah. Tim Curry just being a wonderful ham to behold. <laughs> Nicolas Cage is in a bunch of terrible movies, but... Yeah. <laughs> this movie has none of that anywhere. Dana Carvey is is a black hole, but also there's just no jokes. There's there's nothing funny around him. Like yep. like Dana is the closest, but even then he has to do terrible, terrible fart jokes. So you can't even enjoy him. Yeah, I kind of feel it, I kind of feel bad for uh, Brett Spinner because like he honestly tries. Like, yes. Of anyone, he's the movie, only he person. Actually, acting like even pistachio, like, like everything Dana Carvey does as pistachio just feels so half-assed. Like it almost feels like Dana Carvey wrote and pitched this whole script 
and like didn't intend it to be a kids movie. But then, like Adam Sandler and the team looked over it and was like, "Fuck, this is really bad." Oh, I'm glad like, you brought that up because according to IMDb, Dana Carvey made the film for his children because the majority of his projects were not suitable for children, and so this project was made to be more family friendly. Yeah, that uh-huh. sure is what a lot of them say, huh? Yeah, talk <laughs> <laughs> shit and they don't want to excuse us. It, it there really is this element of like when you're making a kids film, it doesn't have to be good. Yes, and like. Whenever a kid's film does that, it's immediately obvious to every child watching the film Mm -hmm. that none of the adults making the movie gave a shit. This movie is just no one cares. It really is. If you're going to have... I mean, a lot of, like, kid's films have, like, weaker plots and stuff. But if, if they have energy, if they're funny, you can, like forgive like a, a film not having the greatest plot if you're having fun with it yeah the energy is a big thing especially because yep. like you, i've seen like a lot of dog shit like made for kid movies but like you know if they try to be fun and they try to be uplifting and you know f- you know energetic it's fine but this movie doesn't have any of that none of the actors no put in any effort no i think to me it's like i want to invoke the minions film like for a second because oh, no. i feel like the minions film is close to this like the minions film plot is garbage just dumb it's just you know going from minion scene to minion scene but the thing is like it has a lot of energy and if you find the minions funny your your kids are gonna be entertained yeah i can see why kids funny. actually like the minions i can't yeah. see a human being like no. Liking like, Master of Disguise. It's like the Minions film is a film that's not a good film, but you can see how it would entertain some kids for a bit. I can't, I can't understand how this could entertain even children. Like, it's, it's just, it's just terrible. There's nothing funny in here, even on like a level of kids. Ha ha! Farts are funny because the farts aren't funny. And I no, laugh at clearly jokes. as voted as voted by the Nickelodeon <laughs> Kids Choice Awards when this movie did not win. Fart of the Year, which I do believe Scooby-Doo won. Congratulations to Scooby-Doo for winning 2002's Kids' Choice Fart of the Year Award. And a big fuck you to the Master of Disguise for managing to not even catch that, you piece of trash. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's funny to think about this because this movie is like absolute garbage, straight up. But like to date, Dana Carvey's last starring role in the film until Adam Sandler brought him back in Jack and Jill. Which is also like very high on the list of worst holy movies ever fuck. made. Yeah, yeah, wow. holy shit, man! Wow, Dana Carvey, what happened, bud? <laughs> so oh, that no. makes me wonder. Like next season, are we gonna have? To what watch are we that? gonna do? <laughs> I know oh, you no. want to watch Pest Tie, but like, <laughs> I want to make everyone watch the Pest, the movie I've seen multiple times. That or Pixels, because I've seen Pixels at least mm. four times at this point in my life. So yeah. you do keep threatening Pixels. <laughs> Would you I keep, do like to even, threaten. Even I like to we, threaten people with pixels in general. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but even when we try the not voxels. to do a Happy Madison film, apparently, surprise, everything's a Happy Madison film. At least out. this time we know. And also, I've got plenty of jokes already ready because, I, like I said, I've watched that movie enough fucking times. I got them loaded. <laughs> I was like, like, like trying to write notes for this was just like normally, like you know, you're recapping the plot and then mentioning some stuff like, that you stuff. thought was interesting. But like the there's there was nothing to mention plot wise in this film, and it yeah. ends so abruptly that all you can talk about is the jokes that don't land. It's a huge like plot nothingness. Like there is yep. nothing going on, and that's like why I had like, so, such a hard time remembering this movie because I know I watched it, but I could not remember any of the major events in the. There plot. was a 
yeah, there was a point where I was like 45 minutes into the movie and I typed in our group chat, like something along the lines of like, holy shit, this movie is like, how is there only, you know, 30 minutes left or whatever? Cause it was like, you know, closing in on the 80 minute mark. And that's when the team informed me, Hey, by the way, it's actually like 10 minutes where <laughs> the credits start, like 10 yep. minutes from the end. Cause it's like eight minutes of credits and two minutes of the nothing scene with a little person yeah. dressed as Mario eating spaghetti or what the fuck ever they were doing. <laughs> and, uh, you don't remember the like, thing we talked it, about like, like five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm already, I'm already out of it. This movie is such a void. It's so in one ear out the other, but yeah, I was just like, there's no way it can end at this point. And sure enough, it's because it literally has, here's how the movie ends. But yep. then there's yeah. scenes after. I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate Master of Disguise. <laughs> it's real so bad. where does this rank yeah, I was about on to ask the list that, of our like, films? Between the two of Pole Arts, the two Sex and the Cities. What the fuck else did we watch? Okay. <laughs> I Grown have, I have, I have, <laughs> one, yeah. I have I have one question that I need to ask first. Okay. Um, are we assumed to force to be forced to watch shorter movies multiple times yeah, to make up so, for the fact yeah, that Sex and the City 2 is tremendously long? Yeah, Sex and the City 2 is ex- almost exactly twice the runtime of this movie. So <laughs> would you watch Sex and the City 2 or this movie twice? Ooh. Um, I would actually... I, I think it's close. I, I think I would watch Sex and the City 2 again. But I think I would watch this over Sex and the City 1 because I, uh, I think Sex and the City one isn't like a worse film, but I, uh, I personally, Sex and the City one, like it hurt me so badly. I was, I have never been so angry at a film. I didn't get angry at this film. I just didn't laugh. Yeah. So both if there was Master of the Skies and somehow, Sex and the City two, like have no plot. Neither of them have no, plot. It's just no. that one is twice this as long as the other. This definitely goes in the like. Not no, not I, really a movie. I bin. think there was just time to breathe in Sex in the City too. Like absolutely, like I could just I could ignore it. This film is. I can like, remember plot points from Sex in the City, despite what little there are of how, them. How how about this? How about this? How about this? Sex in the City one or two, or Master of Disguise, or Grown Ups one or two. Which movie made you passively annoyed the most? Because I could tune out a lot of these movies, but I think if Sex in the City 2 was on in the background, even if I was trying to ignore it, occasionally I would look over and be like, Fuck. Sex in the City 2 <laughs> made like, me upset way more than this movie. This movie I just didn't remember. It was just so unmemorable. Yep. Sex in the City 2 like, just had so many things where I hated all the characters for doing what they did. <laughs> I think I think this thing is like at least Sex and the City two had one scene I enjoyed. At uh, this this movie had I the the one where they're talking about motherhood. Um, like that was the only one that I felt oh, the characters the drinking actually. Bar scene? Yes, the drinking yeah, bar scene okay. where they were drinking. Like that was the, that was a moment I was like, this is actually a good moment. There's not a single moment in this film where I'm like, there's no moments. No. Like, everything just oh, slams into each other. There, there was nothing. Uh, like, even, like, the kid eating shit on the pavement was, like, they, they didn't even get a chuckle out of me. I We've talked about so... how Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 Ugh. felt like there were a ton of just random improv scenes where yeah. they just kind of bounced around. Or, like, also Grown Ups 2. Grown Ups yep. 2 was the one that was the worst about it. Yes. Yes. Where, like, they would just keep trying to bounce jokes off of each other to fill time. And, like... This is that, but there's not even a joke to start yeah. from. Yeah, no. at least with Grown Ups 2, you had five somewhat decent stand-ups at one point in their careers doing shit. Dana Carvey, as far as I know, was never good at stand-up. Like, I've never seen any of his stuff be good, so... Yeah, that's the thing about Grown Ups 1 and 2. Despite being completely miserable, there was times when I got, like, 
a surprised chuckle even, if not like an outright laugh at a couple of things. I didn't even get a surprised no. chuckle out of this one. I was like dead fucking silent unless I was like going like, oh God, this sucks. You like know? I said, this like, movie has probably the most size per minute that I've ever seen in a movie. Yep. Absolutely. I'd agree with that. But we did it, and we never have to think about this film again. It'll go on my brain in a week, yep. to be honest. It's already gone from my brain. I don't even remember what we talked about for the last two hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's oh. alright, we well. signed up for a free trial just to watch <laughs> So, uh... So who's doing the hey next uh, anime pick? We, we decide... Who was I that? think it's me, and yeah. I don't know what it is. Us, right? mm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And hey, everybody, if you aren't already like following the podcast or what, do you follow podcasts? How, what do you do with podcasts? I'm not sure what the correct verb is. Probably Waffle. <laughs> hey, Ingest. if you aren't. I feel that that's the right word. Please yeah. Do, please, please add. Yeah. Please add our ingest to your feed. <laughs> <laughs> I would appreciate it. It's your RSS um, feed. Yeah. Because like, hey, come on. You, you know how many bad movies we've fucking done this shit for now? Come on, man. If you I mean, made it two on, and a half hours a, into us describing scenes. We have, we, have pest, we have pest pixels and Jack and Jill like fucking staring at us right now. <laughs> we, are, we are done for a while. <laughs> so. oh. Will I ever find a film that makes me as angry as Sex and City 1? I guess we'll have to find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you seen the pest? <laughs> It might do it. Who knows? So far, we haven't managed it, but you know, maybe next time. Focused annoyance. (laughs) There are two scenes in the past that I think might surpass Master of Disguise, and I'm excited to see if everyone agrees with me or not. I don't know. Like, having seen the past, like the intro of the past, I feel has more artistic merit than the entirety. The credits in the entirety of the Master of Disguise. There's no merit in this film. There, there is none. There is none. I, that's why I'm, I'm it can't sorry, be so say, bad. Did you say the no opening merit. credits of the press has artistic merit? I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need that on a t-shirt. That's why I'm gonna frame that. Put that shit on my wall. I'm, I'm, ooh, ooh. Oh, I'm doing a quote there. Let me just make you hold see, see, here's what I mean, Ty. The intro of the press makes me feel something. It's rage, but it makes me feel something. This movie does not make me feel anything. No. Yes, that is the thing about Master of Disguise is it makes me feel nothing. Apathy, it annoyance. Cannot, it cannot be a so bad it's good film because it makes me feel nothing. This movie is just devoid of any content at all. I think we got to cut it because we're just going to yell that yeah. 50 more times. <laughs> we We've already yeah, gone yeah, over yeah. it twice the runtime, so I think we're good. And yeah, hey everybody, again, if you aren't already following the podcast, please do. And if you could recommend it to someone else i guess i don't know maybe uh, sure what do people do with podcasts? Podcasts? i feel that's a crime yeah like at, <laughs> at least send the season finales or something i don't know i'm sorry i'm if it sounds like i'm desperate and full of ennui it's because i'm desperate and full of ennui <laughs> we suffer so, please please listen to it please my family needs the likes to f- f- to eat food <laughs> but uh we're going to wrap this up. Space anime, everybody, or whatever. I'll catch you next season. Fuck disguise Master of Disguise. Bye. Oh, my God.